Hello, and welcome to a very special, a very special bonus episode of Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hooker. Uh, you've already read the title. You've already downloaded it. You maybe even knew it because we've been talking about it every week in the lead up you to it. You felt it in your heart and soul. You felt it in your heart and soul. But today we're talking about Animal Crossing New Leaf. And for the entirety of the month of January, we're talking about Animal Crossing New Leaf. What's interesting is that you, what you're listening to right now is a compilation of all of those conversations. Stephen and I, uh, right, right now we're recording on January 8th, 2023, and every week we're going to meet and talk about what's going on on our town or yeah. in our town in Animal Crossing New Leaf, and you're listening to the compilation of all those conversations. But before we even like get into what's happening in our specific playthrough right now, I wanted to kind of just highlight and touch on this game, um, its relation to the 3DS. Uh, which is another big console that we're talking about uh, in, in February. But more specifically, like, how do you feel about New Leaf? Where did you come at it from? What's your history with the franchise? For those of you um, who are maybe new to the show and haven't heard our conversations about New Horizons and Wild World and things like that. Stephen, tell me tell me about you and Animal Crossing. <laughs> this is kind of like when we did the FF7 bonus and I had you go first. I'm like, I, I need to take my <laughs> sweet ass time with my answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I started with the first one. I got it on GameCube and I remember that was what 2001 i think yeah so that was like pretty early childhood uh approaching like middle school and i remember that was when i was a big reader of nintendo power and mm -hmm. i just saw i think it was animal forest before it came to the u.s yes. and i remember seeing like just articles about animal forest and being so intrigued by it i think at that point, I had been onboarded as a JRPG and RPG fan. I had played FF7. The damage was done. I uh, <laughs> was also now beginning my like replays. Like, it had been a couple years after Ocarina of Time at that point that I was beginning like revisiting Ocarina of Time. And something that I think I didn't really know I was doing but was yearning for was a sense of place in both games. I didn't really replay those games to finish them. I just liked being, despite everything, I liked being in Midgar and I liked being mm. in Hyrule Fields. And one of my favorite things to do was just get to like around where the water temple is in Ocarina and then just get on Epona and like explore and do side quests and like be Hyrule. Yeah. So seeing all this stuff about Animal Forest, it felt like a dream come true and it felt like a new thing. Like there are obviously games that predate Animal Crossing, Animal Forest that are similar ideas, but this idea that like there isn't really an objective in a traditional game sense. You're just like in this town and like I think the closest comparison would be The Sims, but The Sims is more about like the creation of it and not necessarily like the like I think at least for me, I always like building the houses and the family. And then the minute I had to like look at bladder stats, I'm like, ah, this is, <laughs> this is for someone else. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, getting Animal Crossing on the GameCube was a big deal. I also remember it came with the whole memory card because the, the save file for the GameCube took up an entire memory card. Yeah. And that's how you visited other people's towns. This sounds like so archaic now but you had to plug in your memory card in another person's gamecube and you could take the train between the towns is it any more archaic than what nintendo has people doing now even that's, in like new horizons what? with like dodo codes that's actually it's one of the more straightforward processes actually <laughs> once once the internet got involved it all it all went south um but uh I, I had a, I had a group of friends who were really into it and that was a really magical time. Mm. Um, so the first one was like my introduction. Eventually I needed more save data space. So I, I bid farewell to my town 
Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I think I like went back a couple times, but like, I think I, I learned without realizing it that I needed that sense of community with Animal Crossing to like stick around. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was really happy with the first one. Um, and then didn't play another one until New Leaf, which we're talking about here. I yeah. got New Leaf. I got my 3DS in 2013, right after I graduated college. And my first game was Fire Emblem Awakening. Uh, which I've talked about many times. That was a big deal for me. Yeah. Uh, and then I I got New Leaf because that was like the game everyone was getting. And, yeah. you know, I had friends who were playing it again. And it had been so long since the first one that I was like really yearning for that. Because I was also, I mean, I had just graduated college. I was extremely busy, but there wasn't a lot of foundation or security. Right. I was very much as most people in their early 20s are, I was doing a lot of different things and figuring out what I wanted to do next. You know, I was working like eight different jobs. (laughs) None of them were paying me. Uh, And, you know, that was the year where like Secaucus entered my mind because I was always (laughs) on the train. And um, I just remember like having my 3DS in that time and, and having this element of ritual of like there is a place that is sort of in my control that I can return to. I honestly think it gave me a lot of stability in a year that I really needed it. Mm. And then then I moved to Chicago and then Smash Brothers came out and I needed save data space. Uh, <laughs> so I bid farewell to my town, not knowing that while I had deleted the games file, I still had the, the save, save file remains. Yes. So Eight years later, when on a whim, I thought, you know what? I'd love to go back to New Leaf now that we've all had this like religious experience with New Horizons. I went back to New Leaf and like the fact that there was like very personal dialogue, like about my eight year absence Mm -hmm. was chilling. Yeah. People didn't recognize me. They thought I was a ghost. The town was a mess. It was so surreal. I felt so bad. And when we decided to do this episode, I was like, even then, when I brought it to the show, I was like, I don't think if I if I return to this town in earnest, this has to be my life. Like, I have to, like, commit myself Mm -hmm. to rebuilding the lost trust here. So I did not do that. I I made a new town (laughs) Um, and my new town is called Puddle. Very excited to talk about it. But for that episode, starting that game from the top, because that's really what I wanted. I just wanted to, like, start from the very beginning. Yeah. And uh it has really solidified, like, I think New Horizons is in many ways the best one. I think they're both the best versions of Animal Crossing as we know it currently. Mm-hmm. So I think New Horizons, I think, definitely incorporates more of a modern game design to it. So, like, there's more Minecraft in it. There's more, like, customization and there's more things to do, which I do think benefits the game. But I also think that New Leaf is the best version of Animal Crossing before then. It's the best version of really, really zeroing in on that meditative state of just being somewhere and not having the ability to terraform or, like... (laughs) Right. I think I think at a certain point, while that's really exciting and fun and, and New Horizons is a great job building up to that, I do kind of like that New Leaf grounds you with with fewer things that you have control over. I think being the mayor and having the ability to like, you know, do like build things in the town and to like, you know, put laws in place basically. Yeah. That's like I think the perfect middle ground for me personally. Mm-hmm. So I, I really loved this game for when I played it and I didn't really have the same like I didn't play for as long as you did, I think. Um, but going back to it and playing it for this episode, I, I have a whole new attachment to it that I'm really grateful for. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. I, I think I think what I come down on when I'm talking about this game in relation to New Horizons, because this this one 
you know, for, for all of my history, which I'll get into, th- this is the one that like really worked for me the best. Um, and, yeah. and still to this day, I think worked for me the best. Um, New Horizons is kind of a close second. I, th- I agree with you. I feel like New Horizons is like probably the best Animal Crossing and New Leaf is my favorite, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think New so. Horizons in terms of literally be, you know, creating New Horizons for where the franchise can go, adding things like terraforming and the ability to put furniture outside and like an actual like for real normal attachment to the Internet in some cases. Um, (laughs) And also now the version where it has the 2.0 update and the happy home designer within it built into it. Yeah, Yeah, it's that's incredible. It's really smart. It's really well done. Um, I, you know, as you and I have said on the show, I feel like Nintendo's leaving a lot of money on the table in terms of not just updating that game literally forever. Um, it's wild because if, yeah. if they if they had gone into the design of that game from the ground up thinking like this is a game that we're going to continue to release updates for over time and not just like one big one and then we're out. I, I feel like I feel like we would be talking about New Horizons in the same way people are talking about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, you know, uh, where right. it's like this is just constantly number one on the list of things that people are buying. Uh, and and it and it's like being talked about every couple of months forever, because like even now, even now with Mario Kart 8, which is so funny to think about Mario card 8 deluxe now is has the booster pass which means that every four months you're getting what is it 10 more tracks added to that game it's yeah, it's so silly to roughly. be like you know when the switch comes out in 2017 they release mario kart 8 deluxe which is supposed to be the collection of everything plus all the dlc that happened on the wii u and now that quote-unquote final edition of the game is getting new content and new updates yeah nintendo is updating a wii u game rather than their biggest hit right uh, it's so wild yeah. um although mario kart 8 deluxe is the best selling but i mean it's pretty like animal crossing new horizons is the only other game that is relatively close yeah and in numbers of sales and yeah and talking about things that launched on the switch it's like that's the one obviously yeah, you know right. it's the one that you would want to continue um it, yeah really bizarre anyway for me <laughs> uh with animal Cro- i mean animal crossing means a lot to me i think like uh, of all of all the video games all the franchises that exist animal crossing is the one that's probably closest to my heart which is why i was so excited to do this episode but i, I started playing on the nintendo ds with wild world um, cause the DS was the first, was the first time that, uh, I was connected to the internet with a Nintendo console, I guess with any console really. And the ability to play wild world online with my friends, cause for some reason, like I had a pretty close group of friends who all also really got into animal crossing, um, at, around the same time when wild world came out and, you know, late into the night we would be visiting each other's islands uh, or, or towns all the time, which was really fun. I mean, that was like a really cool experience to have at that time, because at, at the time it felt so futuristic to be able to do that uh, yeah. like wirelessly from a handheld console to have like uh, be really connected to the Internet, because even the like contemporary games released on the DS things like Mario Kart or like uh, Pokemon kind of had like more limited structures in terms of how you could interact with people. Like Mario Kart was obviously like on a race by race basis. And then Pokemon is like, okay, are you trading with somebody? Are you battling with somebody? You're not like visiting somebody else's world like you can in Scarlet and Violet now. So Wild World having this experience where like somebody could come into your town and like you just hang out. It's like literally like you and a friend are just hanging out wirelessly on the internet. Um, Brought to life a lot of a lot of ideas that I, I feel like I look for in games now because I had that experience so young, weirdly, um, in, in what feels to me like such a forward thinking view of the Internet for a company that is like notoriously kind of bad at that. Um, so, yeah, Wild World was like a really big touchstone for me. And then pretty much the DS, I think, kind of solidified me as a person who really liked Nintendo stuff, even though I, I grew up with a Sega Genesis and a PS2. The Nintendo DS was such like a formative console for me that when the Wii was coming out, when the next generation of consoles were coming 
coming out. The Wii was like obviously the thing that I wanted. And picking up the Wii also meant that I could go back and play the original Animal Crossing on GameCube because I had grown to love Wild World so much that I was kind of curious what it would be like without that internet attachment to it. Found out, I think the way most people do who go backwards instead of forwards, that like the the way the villagers talk and act in the original <laughs> Animal Crossing is so different than the way they act now. I mean, they they're like they can be like vile and cruel and mean yeah. or like way too bubbly, but like it's like going from British Bake Off to Seinfeld, basically. Yeah, like, it's in yeah, terms it of is vibe. Yeah. Night and day differences. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the amount of stuff you can do in that game, it's also pretty limited. Uh, you know, they they kind of got it right in one, like they kind of nailed it. Um, it's interesting that this game kind of came out around the same time as My Summer Vacation, which is a game you and I talked about earlier on an episode we recorded today, January eighth. 2023 but uh just in terms of like yeah really the only things you can do are like run around catch bugs catch fish and and hang out and like talk pay to off villagers debt. And yeah pay off debt yeah uh th- there's really not a whole lot going on there um Wild World taking that idea and just putting it in a handheld console and playing those two games kind of back to back really solidified for me that the handheld is the way to go for me in Animal Crossing. Like I really I'm I'm all about Animal Crossing on the go. So the next game that came out was City Folk, which I then picked up and didn't enjoy it that much, if I'm being totally honest. I always forget that it exists even. Yeah. It's like the one no one really talks about. Adding the city, I think, led to cool ideas in both New Horizons and New Leaf, especially. Yeah. But yeah, it, it just seems to be like the one that kind of didn't quite land the same way as the other ones yeah really really strange i think because i i I picked that game up so excited about it and did play it like a lot a lot but it was clear to me that anytime i needed to like sit down in front of a tv and play even before i was really thinking about games in the way i do now i i could tell there was this dissonance between what i wanted to be doing with animal crossing and what city folk was allowing me to do and that was kind of when i realized sitting in front of a TV and playing Animal Crossing is like not the thing for me. I, ne- I need to bring it with me, um, which then led to New Leaf coming out on the 3DS and New Leaf. You know, I, I loved the 3DS as soon as it came out. The idea of like a sequel to the DS was exciting, obviously, in itself. But New Leaf getting released, it felt like a moment and it, it felt like a moment that is similar, but on a much, much, much smaller scale than what happened with New Horizons, like New Horizons and the pandemic obviously are like kind of intrinsically linked. But I feel like everyone was really excited about New Leaf coming out when it oh, dropped. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, you picked it up uh, as you were saying, a bunch of your friends picked it up. Same with me. I was like amazed at how many people I knew who had never played Animal Crossing before or I didn't even know were interested in the series were picking it up and playing it, which meant that there was like a pretty rich community of people that I could like hang out with again in the game and and online and such um i also remember one of the big things for me was like it was around when polygon.com launched and i kind of really liked polygon like from the beginning and they just wrote so much about new leaf like it was so clear that everyone on staff like loved new leaf so that website launching and then like a year later new leaf coming out and just seeing like all of these guides and seeing kind of a community bubble up around new leaf filtered through the lens of polygon.com was really striking for me because it meant that there was like a large group of people people like selling turnips and talking about turnip prices on a daily basis, like through Twitter (laughs) and stuff. And, And people were visiting each other's islands to sell things back and forth. It created like a for real online community because that game had a much easier way of connecting with people and visiting their islands than even yeah. the DS version did. So that's a game I played for a really long time. And kind of like you, it came out also at a really tumultuous time for me where like I I had gone to college, dropped out, uh, was in a band for a while. And then when the band broke up was like figuring out my life. And when New Leaf came out, I had been working at a movie theater for like a year and then was like, I don't want to do this anymore and started working at a uh, Uh, started working at a cafe at a Starbucks for a while. And I just remember I would bring my 3DS with me. And the big thing, one of the, one of the big things about the 3DS 
is that you could street pass with people, which meant that if there's another 3DS in the vicinity wirelessly, you would like trade me's with each other, um, <laughs> which could also unlock a bunch of things in a bunch of different games. So like, I think it's a link between worlds is the one that has the like dungeon creator, things like that. There's some cool features. I, I, I miss it, honestly. It was yeah, a cool me too. idea. Yeah. Every once in a while, I bring my 3DS with me just in case I street pass. I never do with anybody. Come over. But yeah, I'll just come to Chicago. Street pass um, in my house. Yeah. <laughs> but I would bring my 3DS with me and I would always keep it in my pocket because you would get street passes and also there's an accelerometer or sorry a pedometer in in the 3ds that would count the amount of steps that you took on a daily basis oh cool like a fitbit kind of yeah and yeah. if you got enough steps on a daily basis you would get a specific currency in animal crossing new leaf that you could then spend at the nook shop to unlock items that are based on like nintendo games so you could get like mario's hat or like samus's helmet uh or like actually just a metroid that hangs out in your house or like the <laughs> r-wing um things like that which was always really fun. But I would like because I just didn't have any money and because things weren't like going super well for me and I needed to figure out just like how to make ends meet uh, living mostly on my own, like in the cheapest apartment I could find. I was working doubles at Starbucks for a long time. So I would like wake up, open the shop and then have like a break in the middle of the day and then do the, the late night shift and then close the shop. And I did that like a lot. Wow. Yeah. And then on those breaks, I would just play Animal Crossing. Like I would literally just take my 3DS, sit down at a table and like drink coffee and like whatever lunch I could pick up and just play Animal Crossing. And that was like the comfort game for me. It got me through so much of that yeah. um, because even even after the Starbucks job, I then started my, my thought, at least at the time, which was very, very like limited rationale, but I, I guess worked out in the long run was, well, I dropped out of college. I guess I could start working in an office and just prove that I can work in an office. So I endeavored to like get any office job I could and work there for two years just to like have it on my resume that I could work in an office for two years, even though I didn't go to college. But when I started doing that, the Starbucks that I was at was like having an issue hiring people. So I made a deal with them that I would continue to work at Starbucks on weekends and then nine to five on Monday through Friday. I also oh, wow. worked at this office job. So I was working nine to five Monday through Friday. And then on Saturday and Sunday, I was working mornings and nights at Starbucks. So like all of that combined was like the only place that I felt sane was in my island in Animal Crossing. Yeah. Uh, for like a I really long time. So I, I had like a really strong emotional nostalgic attachment to, to New Leaf because of that experience. But I then continued to play that game for like years afterwards. I think like more than most people, I would imagine it, it kind of fizzled out over time. The community and the online aspect of it kind of fizzled out. But I I never really stopped playing it. Just that ritual of like, I have 15 to 20 minutes on this break to do something. I guess I'll just like go catch bugs or like, you know, start to, I guess, pick and prune and make my island look the way I wanted to, et cetera, et cetera. It was really the driving force for me and and building up like, I don't know, the large wealth that I had in that game and making my house way uh, look the way I wanted it to and stuff was uh, was really compelling to me. And then, you know, New Horizons came out and was a whole thing. And if you want to hear our thoughts on that, you can go listen to our many, many episodes about yeah, New Horizons. We have many. We have a bonus duo with Persona 5 Royal. Yeah, that was kind of a fun uh, experiment. But uh, yeah, we, we've talked about it. I think is it the most talked about game? It's up there on our show. Yeah, it might be. It's probably up there. Yeah, it's up there. I imagine it's up there with three houses. <laughs> yeah. And probably Persona 5 also, if I was yeah, to guess. Yeah, it's probably also true. up there. But uh, yeah, I just I just remember picking up New Horizons and thinking like this is going to be a really big deal. I, I, I remember when they announced it, like 
I was in Times Square and I was like tearing up in Times Square watching a Nintendo Direct live on my phone while I was walking from my office to the subway and like stopping in in the middle of the crowd in Times Square and be like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> um, just like so excited about it because yeah. the idea of like reclaiming that little bit that I had about or, or with New Leaf was was really an exciting idea. And honestly, I think it lived up to my expectations and then some. I mean, I think it's a great game. But I'd always been wondering about when I should go back to New Leaf and 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 how I was going to connect with that game if I was ever going to again. And the more I think that you and I played and talked about New Horizons, the more I felt compelled to go back to New Leaf and check it out again because there's something there's something about this game that I think is so different. And I think you kind of touched on it already. I think you kind of nailed it. It just feels like the culmination of what they were trying to do with all the other ones. There are so many ideas here and there that kind of work. And there are even ideas in this game that go forward into New Horizons that I think this game also does super well. Like one one of the last things that they did when they added the Welcome Amiibo update to New Horizons, they added Harv and the RVs and all that kind of stuff. He's here. (laughs) (coughs) They added, uh, obviously, the Amiibo stuff so you could like tap amiibo cards on your 3ds if you had a new 3ds and you could like bring villagers into your island and things like that but one of the other things they added was meow coupons which was like this kind of like community-based currency this almost like i don't even know almost like a socialist currency that they that they yeah, put like in this the game kudos and i was a teenage exocolonist yeah yes and it's very similar to how nook miles work in in new horizons you know where, where tom nook kind of co-opted them and turned them into like a capitalist nightmare shoot bucks thing um <laughs> In this game, the way it works is every every day you have two daily quests that you can do uh, and two weekly quests that you can do. And by doing them, you get access to these meow coupons, which then you can go and spend over with Harv or at the different uh, vendors that show up in Harv's area in his campsite. And I, I like that system a lot. I kind of forgot how great that was. I, I had totally forgotten that that was even an aspect of the game until I started playing it again this week. But having like one of the things that I think you and I talked about a lot with New Horizons, one of the thing that's, things that works so well about it is the Nook Mile system is this like huge list of like hundreds of quests that you, you're going to try and complete over the course of your entire time playing that game. Um, having it just be like a small rotating list of like, here's just four things that you can focus on if you want to, to kind of drive your play in this game that is so you know known for being open-ended and known for being a thing that is a little bit obtuse for people who are like used to more kind of quest driven or, or just like reward driven experiences. Having just like four simple tasks to complete is really cool. And some of them are a little bit more obtuse also where it's like, you need to catch this one specific fish. It's like, Oh shit. How do I, how do I catch this one fish if it's winter, you know? And it's like a springtime fish, you know, that necessitates like getting a little bit crafty in some ways, which is always really fun. I've also noticed that the, I think I mentioned this when we brought it up somewhat recently, but, or I guess five months ago, evidenced by my villagers saying, where have you been for five months? (laughs) But, uh, I think the, the relationships with the villagers feels richer. That's like the one area Mm -hmm. that I think New Leaf does objectively better. And the, the stuff they ask you to do is much more varied as well. Like I had a boomer, the penguin ask me to bury his time capsule and we're going to like dig it up together in a year, basically. That's awesome. So it's like just ha- stuff like that is so interesting. And the thing about the elephant in the room with New Horizons, and we mentioned this many times in our many episodes about it, is that like that game came out at sort of 
a time where everyone really needed it, but we also all binged it in a way that I think we wouldn't have if yeah. it, if there wasn't a global pandemic. I feel like that's like one of the few games where I have seen maybe everything. Like I've seen all the dialogue possibilities. Of, so I wonder if it just feels more limited because I've seen it all. A New Leaf is like a newer experience that I haven't had the same you know, repeated time with. Mm. Uh, but I, I still think New Leaf just feels like because there's less to do, what is there has to be rich. And I yeah. think the the villagers just feel a little bit more alive in, in New Leaf than they did in, in New... I, they feel alive in New Horizons, but eventually it starts to feel like, like in Stardew Valley when a year has passed and all the you events do the are the same. Like, again. Yeah. Oh no, is this a time loop game? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The the thing about, yeah, weirdly Stardew Valley is I think a, a good game to bring up because the thing about that game that always gets me is like it's on a fixed time cycle, right? But it's not hooked to the actual calendar, which means that you're going to go through years much faster than you would like literally in real life. Whereas with New, New Leaf and New Horizons, when you hit an event again, it's been an actual year and it feels exciting when that thing shows yeah, up again. Right. You know? It's not just like I've, I've been playing this game all day and I've seen the same thing twice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I agree. I totally agree with you about the, the villager interactions. I think that's like one of the things that people always talk about with this game um, and, and its relation to New Horizons. And and I was that was one of the things I was most interested in checking in with with this game. And already I've had just wild experiences with my villagers, specifically Ken, the root who lives on my <laughs> island who is like such a little shit and won't stop asking me for things um and kind of knows he's being an asshole about it but like doesn't really care you know he he has like a very entitled seinfeld vibe to him in a way where like one of the first conversations i had with him he was like i haven't seen you in forever why don't we have a fucking pyramid on this island it's like <laughs> i don't know man that's the other thing too is like they're they're a little too nice in new horizons i, I think <laughs> you don't want the like outward like misanthropic behavior of the first game mm -hmm. but also, like, if everything's too, like, we're all happy here. No one's ever left. Yeah. What's the sun? I'm just a shadow. Like, that's <laughs> scary. New Horizons, the, the more time I, I, I take away from it, the more I'm like, I, I think I, I brought this up kind of as a joke once, but I do feel like because of the way that game is structured, where it's like, yeah, Tom Nook, if you give him enough money, will, like, build a house for you on this, like, utopic island. Feels so much like everyone who lives there are, like, these extremely wealthy people. <laughs> Who are yeah, like, our first episode was called they're all in on it or something like this it's sort of this yeah this glass oniony type affair yeah, yeah. It, it is it, it is a little bit scary especially once you get into the happy home paradise stuff and you get to see them all like <laughs> lounging on that island as well um, our clients can request the season of the island in which they live yeah so like time and weather are adjustable dials yeah to the one percent of animal crossing there's a dark undercurrent to new horizons that i can't escape <laughs> the more i think about it um and new, new leaf feels kind of like separate from that in a way that i appreciate i think they all i mean that's kind of i think that's important though i think you know we're talking about like it's it, it makes them feel more real if there's a little bit of hostility sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think something I mentioned, I think when we talked about Breath of the Wild and our bonus about that game is like one of the things that helps the, the place feel relaxing and feel immersive is that there are threats and danger. Like if there's yeah. no threat, we don't experience if there's no salts, we don't experience the sweetness of the dessert. Like we yeah. need that to complement the other. Like the blood moons weirdly aid the relaxing vibe of feeling safe in Hateno Village. Yeah. You know? Right. Not that I want Bairdo to chase me around the island with a kitchen knife, but you know, it's <laughs> it's nice to have the relationships feel like, hey, like we actually worked 
to be on good terms with each other. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of fun with the cranky villagers. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think one of the things that's been interesting for me, like, I, I'm having a harder time fitting this game into my life now than I, I, I did then, which is weird considering, like, how structured my days were when it first came out, you know, knowing, like, yeah. okay, I, I you probably only... have more time now, too. <laughs> yeah, that's the, th- that's the, that's the yeah. irony about it is, like, I definitely have more time to be playing it now, and I, I'm having a harder time fitting into my life. Like, one of the big things for me and one of the big tips I would give everybody playing this game ever is... Uh, and I mentioned it on a, on a recent episode, but between like 6 and 7.30 p.m., uh, the sun starts going down. And if you go to Tortimer's Island during that time, that's when all the beetles and stuff come out and, and sharks and like the really like high value things that you can catch uh, in your net and with your fishing rod. I haven't since we started playing again, I haven't been able to play the game between 6 and 7.30 p.m. Like any of the days and I'm like dying to. One of the big things This is a big tip for you. Uh, Me? Yeah. Going going into this experience is go to Tortimer's Island, the the like grassy bit in the middle, rip up every single bush, pull every <laughs> flower, get rid of all of it, and then make sure that there are only like eight of the coconut trees on the beach, because uh, that's where beetles spawn. Oh. So what you're doing essentially is removing all of the other places that different kinds of bugs that aren't beetles can spawn. So you're getting rid of like the flowers where the butterflies will spawn and things like that. And and just leaving only spots for beetles, which means that anytime you go there, it's especially between six and seven thirty. You're essentially just like dragging in riches. Um, <laughs> and anytime you see something that's not a beetle or not a high value beetle, you just kind of sprint for a second just to like chase them away. So it gives a, a, another spot a chance wow. to spawn. Um, it's really intense. Just just for the museum's sake, I might keep that there for a bit to get those bugs. But then yeah. then I'll then I'll turn it to a beetle factory. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is which is what I've done, and I'm excited to eventually get back there and start doing that again. <laughs> you mentioning the six and seven though also reminded me. I think Animal Crossing New Horizons has great music, but the New Leaf soundtrack is really remarkable. And I think something that stands out is they they do a really good job communicating the meaning behind the hours of the day. Mm. Like someone on Tumblr actually in, in our like submissions shared a similar observation about the music and shouted out the 7 p.m. song, which is like kind of eerie. Like there's there's this sort of unsettling atmosphere to it, but there's also enough major keys that like to me, it really does illustrate 7 p.m. in the sense of like, this is a time when you're probably working on something, but you got to take a break soon. Like it's the beginning of nighttime mm-hmm. uh, you know, as we usually perceive it. So like the idea that it's like this kind of continuing melody that's interrupted by breaks in my in major keys yeah. is like, okay, like the day is ending and it's sort of sad, but like the night's going to be chill too. Yeah. And, and also you don't have that much time to get all your beetles back. <laughs> to retail before they close while i was saying that too you put your standing desk up and i i was like am i am i seeing things <laughs> so what's going on here? is yeah. brendan just growing in front of me all the music is great i love the i love the early afternoon songs mm-hmm. um and some of the like weird like you know like late hours of the night early hours of the morning like 3 a.m songs yeah, they're really good uh it's it, they capture the the like who's awake right now energy to the to those hours there was a google chrome extension and a firefox extension that existed for a while and it, it might still exist or it might not i'm not i'm not totally sure so i'm not gonna like link to it or whatever um because I, I i'm not sure if it's still around but there was an extension that i used to use for a long time that allowed you to um have animal crossing music playing in your browser that would like sync up with the time and you could like enter in your town tune and it would play that on the top of the hour also which is really fun but 
that was that was like my my weird primary experience with all that music and like hearing it all outside of the game and i i feel like everyone just attaches to 7 p.m like i feel like that's like so obviously the one for some reason like everyone yeah loves that i think because it stands out it's like and that kind of goes back to what i was saying about like you need today in our episode we recorded today we talked about attack of the friday monsters and mm-hmm. like that game is is visually this like idyllic peaceful town but like there's so many hints of like trouble at home and and trouble with society and like pollution and all this stuff and like it's not it's not being like dude like edgy about it but it just it's there just like it is in reality Mm -hmm. and i think we actually relax in areas we can recognize so something is too saccharine we like kind of reject it in a way psychologically Yeah, um, at least I do because I need some grit. I'm from I'm from New Jersey. I need a little Midgar and everything. It's kind of like uh, this is just dumb. It's kind of like the second <laughs> Matrix movie when you when 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 Neo shows up and talks to uh, what's his name, the architect, and he's like, the first version of the Matrix was you know utopic. It was a paradise, and and humanity rejected it because of that. What you really brought around, I was like, how on earth is this related? Wow. Yeah. Pretty much word for word. Yeah, yeah. And he said the second version of the matrix was much better because it was built on, on the history of humanity and knowing that not everything can be perfect. And, and that, that allowed the, the human mind to like connect to that idea uh, of, of a fake reality because it wasn't perfect. So I'm onto something. If the architect and me are saying the same things about the matrix and the matrix, the matrix, that's <laughs> <laughs> like the, the one, the one matrix. Yeah. <laughs> it's a prequel. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to take a quick break and then talk about what's going on on our yeah. in our towns? Yeah, I'll just I'll just say like if you haven't played this game and you you were a fan of New Horizons, I would recommend it. I think it's really it's a different enough experience that if you like Animal Crossing, it's a sure thing. But I think you know be open to seeing maybe which one you prefer. I think they're both incredible games. Yeah, and yeah. my closing thought is um, if you like it now, if you if you're playing this in January along with us and you're liking it now, you're gonna like it way more when it's not winter. We, I, my, my one regret in, in thinking about this as we were playing it throughout the week was like, ah, shit, we should have done this in like the spring or the summer or something. Because winter is like definitely the worst time to be playing New Leaf. It's still great, but like it is so good when there's like a rich variety of bugs and, and fish and uh, and like flowers and stuff all over the you place. You can build snowmen, though, which is kind of fun. Yeah, they're good. And then you can catch snowflakes and sell them to them. <laughs> to the snowmen? Mm-hmm. And they, they give you furniture. That's incredible. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. The, the snow... Uh, the falling snow versions of all the songs are also really great. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They get kind of winterified. Yeah. There's yeah. different arrangements depending on uh, depending on the weather. Cool. Well, on that note, uh, sell snow to snowmen, uh, and let's take five. Reap the rewards. Goodbye. Reap the rewards. Bye. back it's still january 8th 2023 the time of this recording it's Uh, been a week yeah our first week of returning to animal crossing new leaf what i will say what uh, kind of an addendum to something i was talking about in in the first segment but also something that i think will kind of lead into 
at least talking about how the first week has gone for me. The idea of this being on the 3DS and being a portable game, the the weird thing about it versus New Horizons for me is that, and one of the things I was most curious about, and I think is true, it's more portable than New Horizons is. And I've talked on the show a lot in the past about like, I really like the Nintendo Switch. I think it's amazing. I, I, it's like one of the greatest consoles ever created, both in terms of hardware and software uh, support. But the thing that I struggle with is just like it is a little bit too big sometimes. Like yeah. I don't feel as comfortable playing it in bed as I do with the 3DS, for example. Even like playing the Switch and then putting it on my bedside table, I'm like a little bit nervous it's gonna like fall off and shatter into a million pieces. Whereas with the 3DS, I don't really feel that way at all because you know, partially because of the clamshell design, but also it is that much smaller. Yeah. Um, so I found myself playing this game for shorter periods of time in in little tiny moments that I'm like grabbing for myself more so than I ever did with New Horizons, really, um, just by virtue of it being like a thing that I literally have in my pocket, like as I'm walking around and like doing stuff on a day to day basis and being like, well, OK, I'm, I'm waiting for this. You know, I'm waiting for uh, this chicken to cook and, uh, and and I'm just like sitting here and I got like 15 minutes until that's done. Like I might as well just, you know, whip out the 3DS and play. Might as well talk to Ken the rooster. Yeah. And, and have see how that feels. Me about yeah. Having a pyramid on the island. Um, <laughs> Stuff like that, which I I think has has kind of made me remember a little bit why this game was so good for me at the time that it was, you know, talking about that entire experience, like working at Starbucks and whatever. Um, but even past that, I think just the idea of the 3DS being such a portable device means I don't feel weird about like having it on the subway with me and stuff the way I would with like, OK, if I pull the switch out of my backpack, that's like a whole production, you know, that's yeah, like, right. It's like it, I feel like it's like an event, like like somebody is like playing medieval trumpets while I'm doing it. Just like, you know, it's like trying to casually play the french horn on a subway it's like this yeah. is i'm gonna stand out you know exactly yeah whereas the 3ds i feel like it definitely stands out a little bit especially considering my 3ds is like i got the i got the non-xl new 3ds and i imported faceplates oh, from wow. japan I, I got two sets of faceplates one of them was the kk slider one which has like his face on the top and a guitar on the bottom and then i got the nooklings one which is the nooklings on the top and then like a blue uh animal crossing logo on the bottom and i i swapped both of them so i have kk slider on the top and then the blue nookling stuff on the bottom that's incredible um, it's like a it's a beautiful 3ds it's like a beautiful device but it also does stand out a lot when i have it like yeah. on the train or whatever i just have the xl blue but maybe i'll be creative and get some face plates as well yeah, yeah i don't I, I don't know if they have face plates for the big one but um oh, hmm. oh well. that was one of the reasons i wanted the little one but uh i also, do like I, the blue so the xl i had the xl for a little while um when Majora's Mask came out, I got I got the 3DS XL, the new 3DS XL to play Majora's Mask on. Um, and I, I felt I felt my hands getting crampy if I if I played it for long periods of time in the way that I don't with the the, the, the non XL version. Yeah, I, I think uh, I mean, I only know the XL. It's hard for me to compare. But uh, I think for for certain games, I'm glad to have that screen be the size it is. Because I, I think yeah. especially for the Zeldas, I think Zelda Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask would, would be a little bit cramped. If it wasn't for the screen. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I've had that experience already with Ocarina of Time a little bit where I'm like, oh, yeah. I, do, I do wish this was the NFL <laughs> for that reason in particular. But um, pros and cons. All that said, I, I feel like one of the big things for both you and I going into this episode was do we demolish our island and start from scratch or, <laughs> or do we do we continue with whatever was left there? What did you what did you land on? I continued because I, I came continued. back to the island and my, my first Puddle. thing, so I started my playthrough right after i landed uh from my trip back from new jersey so mm -hmm. like, i landed it was a really stressful flight like the worst one of the worst flights i've ever been on oh, like wow. turbulence 
uh like noisy uh yeah. we were we it was three hours of a delay mm-hmm. um just like sam raimi production of a flight basically yeah. and i i landed and i was like i just really need to like actually calm myself down after that um so i just immediately like a magnet went to new leaf and yeah. i still didn't really know so i opened it i saw the state of the weeds and i talked to tammy my neighbor the bear the cub mm-hmm. And she was like, dude, where have you been for five months? That's eh, not a big deal, but, you know, I'd like to see you. And I'm like, okay, if that's the temperature right now, like, hey, where have you been? But it's chill. I can keep going. It, this is not like I've been gone for so long that my sudden arrival is is of myth. Right. It's like, this is just like, I've been busy. So like, I can I can work with this. Because that's a really, I liked this town. I really liked the experience of starting it somewhat recently, five months ago. Yeah. I love the name Puddle. I think it's a great name for a town. Mm. And I really, I really like my villagers. So what's I'd, the layout? What is it? What does it look like? Like what's yeah? If, so you, if you had to describe it, it's basically divided in half horizontally. Mm. So up top we got the museum and the top. Oh, excuse me, the town hall and the town yeah. and the top left. Right by the town hall, like literally next to it, is Cookie's house. Which now that I see it and say it out loud is suspicious. I wonder if she's, <laughs> I love Cookie. Cookie the dog, one of my favorite villagers. But yeah. I wonder if she also wants to be mayor. You got to follow um, the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, if you go east, there are some puddles. We got Kid Cat's house. We got Diana, the goat's house. Uh, we got Ricky's house. And then Tammy and me live right by the east coast, by the, mm. by the, by the beach. And then the southern half, it's like divided in half by rivers, but then it kind of goes down. There's a big kind of lake and then up again. That's where I'm trying to build the bridge currently. Mm. Uh, then we got the plaza. We got on the bottom left, the recycler, which is a bad name for a store, just saying. <laughs> then we got Texas house in the south, Annalisa and Joey the duck is right by the cliff. Yeah, uh, that, that separates the two halves. So that's that's Puddle's layout currently. How about that's yours? Nice. Mine. Um, so I, I guess talking about the experience of going back to the island, I, I feel like I went in fully sure that I was going to wipe out what I had and then start from scratch because I kind of wanted that experience of like, oh, yeah, let me remember what it's like to start a new a new town here um, and loaded mine up and was immediately like, I can't do that. Uh, so, yeah. Something about so my, my town is called Infinity. <laughs> it's got kind of an it's it's got an S shape of a river through it. Oh, cool! Um, which is fun. Uh, and I had so much invested in it already. Like even just loading it up, the house is very sparse. I don't My even house know how sucks. Yeah, I don't know how long it's been since I played this game, but through context clues i'm picking up i think (laughs) when i think it was for example my town tune is uh a bit of the theme song for tara's house which is uh, a show that i used to do a podcast about and that by itself tells me it was probably like 2017 2018 like somewhere in that vicinity yeah um but that having been said i had played enough where i have a bunch of bridges so even though I have this S shape kind of carving through the town, it's like really easy to make my way around, which is nice. Um, I have every fruit as I was talking to you about earlier today, and I have a ton of villagers, like just so, like, I haven't even met all of them even today. Like right before we started recording, I was walking around and I ran into a bear. I didn't even know lived on my Island. And he was like, I haven't seen you in a long time. And he doesn't even say how long it's been, which I think tells me a lot <laughs> about how long it's been. Um, there's no but, number for it. There's yeah. no number. Yeah. They, they yeah. don't have a number, which I think, I think says a lot. Um, but that having been said, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but like I just completely got enamored all over again with this town. So I, I kept it and everything is pretty much located at the top. So like the town hall 
and the railroad tracks, obviously, um, along with retail and the path to Harv's place is like all just at the top of the S. And then my house is like directly located in the curve of the S, which is very cool. And it's like kind of separated from all the other houses. So I kind of have this like beautiful, like riverside locale for myself. Um, and then everybody else's houses are kind of scattered all over the place, kind of willy nilly. But um, I have a ton of villagers. They're all really fun. Uh, I'm like getting into meeting all of them again and kind of learning their personalities and falling into this like, oh, my God, like they're really fleshed out in this game in a way that I didn't really remember. But the 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 number one, like enemy number one is Ken the Rooster, who has been just like <laughs> badgering me every single day with things that he demands of me. Starting with like, literally, I haven't seen you in forever. Why don't we have a pyramid? Which I thought was so funny. Today, he demanded to have a fruit that wasn't uh, a cherry because that's my like home locale fruit. He was like, I need anything else but a cherry. I was like, dude, you could get it yourself, man. Like I'm, yeah, I'm it grows all, on trees. Yeah. yeah. I'm literally just going to like next to us was a pear tree. I was like, you could just go get a pear <laughs> right now instead of this conversation. Um, things like that, which I love. I, I it's, it's so funny having that experience, but going back to Tortimer's Island and experiencing that for the first time in a while and like seeing that I had it laid out to be perfect for like the 6 p.m. beetle catching experience was like, I don't know. I put so much work into this whenever I was here last. I feel like I, I don't want to undo all of that. And I think the biggest thing for me is I went up into the into the city, which has, you know, all the shops. And I really like I have most of the shops. I don't have the final nook upgrade yet, which I'm going to try and get, I think, before the end of the month. That's like one of the goals I've set for myself is to remember how to do that and then go do that. I'm trying to not look stuff up as much, but I, I know that I need to go visit somebody's island to make that possible. Um, I, you need to spend a certain amount of money in the nook shop, I think, and then you need to visit somebody else. So I'm going to try and do that. But what's nice about the Nook shop that I have right now, it's like the it's like the convenience store version and it's open really late, which oh, is really that's nice. Good. So I think I think it's open until like 10 p.m. or something, which is much later than a lot of the other ones. So it's like the only shop that's open at night, which is usually when I'm like sitting down to play it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really happy with the setup at the moment. Um, so I, I, I've been enjoying just kind of getting settled back into like, what is my daily routine here? What is yours at the moment? Well, I, you're talking about the town. I just recently got Leaf's shop, uh, the mm. sloth that sells plants and stuff. And I just set in Leaf. the beautiful town ordinance. So that felt kind of yes. like fates combining. That was one of the things I wanted to bring up too. I, I think I had a little bit of foresight whenever it was that I last played the game because I set up the beautiful town ordinance. Usually I do the, 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 um, I forget what it's called, the like the nighttime one. Oh, the night owl one? The night the, owl one, yeah. yeah. Usually I have the night owl one, which means that all the shops are open later. They open later, but they stay open later. Um, because usually when I was playing, I, I would, you know, go out and like go to work and stuff. And then I'd get home and everything would be closed. That'd be a bummer. So I would have the night owl ordinance, which would mean that like shops would be open when I got home. It's a great feature, honestly. It's an amazing feature. Yeah. yeah but if you do the beautiful town ordinance, it doesn't matter how long you've been away. There won't be that many weeds because I mean, what they say is that your villagers are doing the weeding and like tending all the flowers for you. So there will be some weeds, but not as many as there would be if you didn't have that ordinance set. So the fact that I had set the beautiful town ordinance kind of, I think clues me into the fact that I knew I was going to be away from the island for a long time and would want me to continue playing on infinity if I ever came back to it, which I don't know. It was like, it was like a little subconscious note for myself. Yeah. Uh, but I have I, I'll probably change it back to one of the other ordinances. So, yeah, I, I started my my playthrough. Uh, I guess I landed on the fourth. So that was when it all began. And that day I just like snaked through the map 
and pulled all the weeds out. And yeah. I also kind of used that as an excuse to like check in with everybody. And it was mm-hmm. honestly like a really, <laughs> it was a really sad, but beautiful experience, like returning to this place that I had kind of neglected and then like reclaiming it in a way, like reconnecting to it. Yeah. I found that to be really nice. And then, you know, I, I left that playthrough feeling, okay, I know puddle. I like puddle. And now I also have some goals. Like there was a bridge that I was building that I want to work on. And I yeah. also, uh, I, I wanted to save up for the town ordinance. So now my ritual is usually, I, I tend to play it weirdly around the, even though I didn't know about Beetle Island, I did play around like the six to seven period. Yeah. Um, and then lately, just because it's been the weekend, I, I play earlier in the morning. Uh, I usually wait till like after 10 at least. Mm. Um, and uh, then I'll just like go around, talk to everybody, uh, and then, you know, do some fishing, dig up some fossils, and then donate to the museum and see if I can sell any of them. Yeah. Um, and in that ritual, you know, I still discover new things Like the villagers will ask me to do things like boomer saying, Hey, can you bury this time capsule or uh, read the Fox visited? And I bought the fake Mona Lisa, which feels so embarrassing because it's called famous painting. And like, <laughs> that is the one painting I should spot the difference. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get a closer look. So I, I bought it and then I had to pay a disposal fee at recycling the store oh, uh, to get rid of the fake retail. Painting. Yeah. You didn't, yeah. you didn't hang it up. I guess I could have, but do you really want a fake Mona Lisa in your house? That I feels like a bad omen, you yeah. know, mama Lisa. But uh, I mean, I just really, yeah, I, I feel really attached to my villagers. My favorites are Tammy. She's the next door neighbor. And I feel like she uh, she eased me back in and and also asked to move right away, which I said no to because <laughs> the other option was, who are you? Joey the duck is kind of, I wouldn't say public enemy I also number have Joey one. The duck. Oh yeah, Joey. Yeah. Joey's kind of a bizarre energy because he looks... Yeah. He looks like a little kid, but I can't tell if he's an old man. And his house is just like full of strange things. And his catchphrase is Bleak! like it's like B L E E E E C K. Yeah. Um, oh, one of the first things that he happened to really too, thick eyebrows is the thing yeah. about Joey. That's like so bizarre. He's fantastic. But one of the first things that happened while I was like weeding. And I also I have a, a, a cap with a, a number, a blue number two on it. And a shirt with like a fish on it. So I've kind of, and and my hair is, I have the messy hair because I've been gone for so long. Yeah. So I kind of look like Mac DeMarco, which is interesting. Like I just have like <laughs> this sort of like laid back energy. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the first things that happened was it was Diana's birthday party. Mm. And so like I knocked on the door and it was her birthday and she was like, I'm going to cut right to it. Like, do you have a gift for me? And I'm like, this is maybe the best way I can describe what having a panic attack feels like. It's like stumbling into someone's birthday and then being like, what did you get me? That I didn't even know was happening. Thankfully, did you I have had, anything on you that you, I that had you gave? I had a juicy Apple TV and I gave okay. it to Diana and she said, oh, thanks for thinking outside the box, which I think means I think you might have forgotten it was my birthday, but you still you still gave me something. So yeah. I'll kill you last. Um, <laughs> That was that was an amazing experience. But then she sent me a letter. She sent me a letter after that that like was weirdly haunting. I want to read it. I have a pic- I've been taking a lot of pictures of what's been happening here. Mm. Here it is. Dear Stephen, birthdays are complicated. I don't like getting older, of course, but somehow I still feel happy, especially this year. Maybe it's because of you and the gift you brought. Thank you from Diana. <laughs> I just like that weird kind of solemn contemplation of, of getting older, but being grateful. You know? Yeah, it's nice. It is nice. That's what I mean by this being kind of complicated. Like these relationships feel a little too real sometimes. 
I love that. Yeah, I, I, I find that I've been playing mostly like as soon as I wake up and it's before any of the shops are open, which is like a complete 180 from how I used to live my life. So I'm wondering if instead of the night owl one, I want the early bird one now. Yeah, uh, I might so also like, do the early bird one eventually. Yeah, fit the way my life works now. But I, I found that kind of similar to how it's always been. I, I spend the day just kind of like I wake up, I run around, I look for all the fossils that I can dig up. I take them all to the museum get them appraised, figure out if I can donate them. My move, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about the museum. My, I feel like the museum is always my work in progress. Like that's always the thing that I'm like most, most interested in, in fulfilling. Yeah. Me too. Um, and the fossils are the easiest one to do in my opinion, just because, you know, it changes every day. And when you take them to Blathers, he will tell you like, Hey, this one needs to be donated can you just give it to me right now? And you can say yes or no. But I really like that process. And also if eventually it becomes this experience of like, once you've donated enough fossils, you're just getting a shitload of money because fossils sell for so much. Um, so that's been really nice. So I always do that right in the morning and then go talk to everybody kind of in, if I run into anybody while I'm looking for all the fossils, I'll go talk to everybody. Um, after that, it's like find all the fruits, sell all the fruits, and then maybe head to Tortimer's Island. It kind of depends on what I'm doing. So the big thing for me, my big update of the week is that um, I went to Isabel and I was like, hey, what stuff can I build? What stuff should I build? And new on the list, I guess, uh, again, it's like a little note I left for myself somehow in the past. The thing on the top of the list was the cafe, uh, oh, yes. which is like one of my favorite things about this game. So I immediately set up the spot to go build the cafe, kind of similarly to how I have my my house in the left curve of the S. I put the cafe in the right curve of the S, so it kind of mirrors my house in a way. And it cost like just under 300,000 bells to get that thing built. <laughs> so I was like, I am going to do it. I am going to build the cafe before yeah. we record. And I did. I finished it last night. Oh, nice. Uh, so I woke up this morning to the cafe being open and I haven't even had the chance to visit it yet because as soon as I woke up, I went and bought a bunch of ingredients for dinner that I'm making for some friends later. And then uh, we started recording. So I'm like, I'm sitting here with my 3DS like next to me. Like, I'm so excited to go talk to Brewster and get the cafe going because eventually <laughs> the thing that's so fun about the cafe is once you start working there or, or sorry, once you start going there, you can eventually work your way up in your relationship relationship with Brewster where he lets you work there and you work behind the counter and you start to learn the ins and outs of like the, the different roasts that the different villagers in your town like the most. But you also get the ability to get like to go cups of coffee that you can like bring to the museum and have like a very, very aesthetic visit to the aquarium, uh, which I'm <laughs> really excited about as well. Yeah, I think my my current goals and, and hopefully I'll have this done by next time. I mean, museum is sort of a long term one, but the bridge I need to have built that will that will make mm. it more fun to play. Because yeah. I, I really need a bridge there logistically. Yeah. But I just got the comedy club to open as well. I got the six signatures Dr. for Shrunk. Shrunk. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was a little bit nervous because I'm like, I feel this is reminding me of like my early years because he, he nervously shows up at your house and is like, hey, <laughs> I want to make a comedy club. Do you think yeah. people would like that? And I'm like, I don't know, man. All I've been doing here is weeding and showing up at birthday parties I didn't know existed. Um, uh, everyone was really into it, but it reminded me of like my early days in Chicago where someone would DM me like, hey, like we're doing a show in Second City tonight, but we need to sell three more tickets. Otherwise, yeah. they're going to close it. Uh, and I was like, is this or just like, that? You can, you can have a 10 minute slot if you busk outside for... <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah. If you sell car insurance outside for 20 minutes. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, but the comedy club is there. So I, it's not in it's not open yet, but I got enough signatures and uh, I'm mm -hmm. happy 
Puddle's going to have a bit more laughter. So it's nice. And that's where KK Slider shows up also. Oh, um, cool. Occasionally, which uh, I guess, you know, we record on Sunday, so we just missed him. But he was he was there last night, um, which I'm excited to see KK Slider eventually. I think I think he's DJ KK in the, in this. Game. <laughs> What's fun is that, like, while I have these goals and these plans, I know that as we do these check ins, I'm going to run into other things that will then branch off in their own little quests. So, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing like what I don't even know. Because I also don't know this game as well as you do, so I'm just excited to like see what's even possible on yeah. some level too. Yeah, I think I think I think for me, I, a lot of it is like I'm trying to reclaim a little bit of the wonder of it because I do know so much about it. So I'm trying to not Google stuff. I would definitely recommend Googling stuff. Like if you're curious about how to do things, definitely look stuff up because there are some really like obtuse ways of going about getting things in this game. But it's like worth doing. Like for example, one of the fun things that I I did like as soon as I started was I made sure I got silver versions of all the tools that I have. Oh, Um, because I have like the regular tools and they have silver versions. And I don't remember if the gold ones are in this game or not. But the way you get the silver versions of like the the bugs net and, and the fishing rod is you need to donate 30 bugs to the museum and 30 fish to the museum. And uh, the the bug net has like a wider reach. Uh, and the fishing rod goes out further when you Ooh. when you cast the line, uh, both of which are like super helpful. I also have the the silver shovel, which makes it so the money rocks that you can get every day sometimes turn into gem rocks. The big lingering thing. This is this is going to be my white whale for this experience. Probably like the whole experience um, is I still don't have a slingshot and I've never seen one in the store. Uh, and I see I balloons fucking constantly. Uh, and, and I, ha- I still haven't gotten a slingshot in the, in this game. And part of me now that you said that you have one is like, maybe, maybe I should come to your Island next time you have one and, and, yeah. and just buy one. But maybe, maybe this should be one of those situations where it's like, I just need to limit myself to my own nook store I until, do it myself. until a slingshot yeah. shows up. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause it's killing me that I don't have one. Cause I also want the silver slingshot cause it lets you shoot two pellets instead of one. Leaf tried to sell me what he called a happy X. Is that something that's different or is he just trying to put a spin on what is a normal? I X? have no idea what that is. Okay. That might've also not happened, but I have a foggy memory of there was an X in his store and I'm pretty sure it was described as a happy axe. So <laughs> we'll see if that's still there or if that is my own white whale of figuring yeah. out what that even means. Yeah, oh, I'm, so, I'm so curious what that means. Yeah, yeah, it's a little scary. But yeah. I, Leaf is one of my favorites. I, I didn't realize they were in this game because I only know them from... I guess I, I probably I, I probably just forgot them because they're, they're in New Horizons, but I just didn't remember that they were also here. Yeah. Where are you at on the, um, on the uh, Nook upgrade cycle? Oh, like the house? Yeah, the house and I guess the shop. Is the shop still like the starting one? The shop is sliding door. So they, they just recently upgraded it. Yeah, the so convenience got, store. Yeah, it's the yeah. convenience store, that one's which really is good. nice. Yeah. Um, and my house is terrible. I actually like don't even want to go in there. I, I cleared all the <laughs> cockroaches. The yeah. My house when I upon arrival was an asteroid, a magic lamp, and an open notebook. No seats. <laughs> and I was like, the, the vibes here are rancid. And it's yeah. so small. Like you're starting house is like as big if not smaller than the tent in new horizons which you only have for like a day they like limit you in that i had like a i remember when i had the tent i had like a sea bass when that was like a novelty Mm. and like a chair like a cot to sleep in um so i think that's another goal i definitely need the mayor's gotta have at least a bed i feel like you want you know i don't i don't need to elect the one percent but i think i want to know that my mayor is getting a good night's rest and not sitting on a, a, a patchwork couch mm. next to the oven, um, which is currently the setup of my house. So I need to fix that. 
Yeah. Um, I, I got like, I did, I have some more furniture. So I'm like trying to figure out, like I have new wallpaper, I've got new floors, but it is just a couch, a space heater, the kitchen area. And I think that's an aroma pot maybe. Mm. So I'm like, this place definitely reeks. I don't know of what, but it just, I, this doesn't look like it smells nice. And so I, I put the aroma pot there. That's really funny. Yeah. I, yeah, I still, I still have like the starting amount of space, I guess in the house, which is bizarre yeah. considering how upgraded everything else is in the town. You know, I've never, other than the first game where like the house is really the only place you have like creative agency. Yeah. In every other animal crossing game, I never really prioritize my house. Like I'm much mm. more interested in the town or the Island or like what other people are doing. And you know, my, which is weird. Cause in real life, like I have, I really need to like fully decorate and like feel like it's my sanctuary when I'm like actually living somewhere. Yeah. But in Animal Crossing, I I, I never really care that much. I, <laughs> I just got a memory of the first Animal Crossing on GameCube. In my basement, I had a row of guitars and my town theme was Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> and I thought that was so cool. <laughs> it kind of is, but it was just like... It was like off rhythm, like nah, 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 that's nah, awesome. nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think one of my plans for the month is going to be to at least upgrade like the space of the one room in my house. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, see if I can space. like start to collect because that I think that was the thing that New Horizons really got right for me was I started to want to upgrade the inside of my house in a way I hadn't since probably the first time I played New Leaf, and uh, I, I'd like to reclaim that a little bit in this game and see if I can make a house that feels at least remotely normal instead of what I have now, <laughs> which is like just a bunch of like abstract pieces of furniture tucked into the corners and stuff. Yeah. Um, I have like a corner of the MoMA as a house basically. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, w- I was just looking up just cause I was curious. Um, the, the upgrades for the, the Nook Mart. Um, there are a lot of them in this game. I forgot how many there were. I remember, I remember people being like bummed out about how few of them there are in new horizons. And this is why it's cause when you, when you start the game, you have the regular one, but eventually, so, so you and I are on TNT Mart. Is, is what we have now. It upgrades to Super TNT, which then upgrades to TIY, which then upgrades finally to TNT Emporium, which is like a bizarre, like gold Baz Luhrmann's Great Gatsby version of, of the Nook store. With it like does. Multiple yeah. floors and stuff. In this way, this game does kind of feel like if Jojo Mart wins in Stardew Valley, you know, <laughs> like there yeah. isn't really like the mom and pop store to support in Animal Crossing. Sadly. Yeah, I guess recycling. But like, who's kidding who? Yeah. What's fun, what's fun about upgrading uh, the, the stores in this game, too, is like it's purely based on how much you spend there um, with it, with a side bone, a side goal of you. It needs to have been open for a certain amount of time. So like at least in our month of doing this, we will never see the final upgrades of, of the Nook store, because I think like even to get to Super TNT from where we're at right now, um, we need let's see it needs to have been opened for 10 days sorry the gardening store needs to be open for 10 days and you need to spend twenty five thousand bells in tnt mart but then for super tnt to upgrade to tiy fifty thousand bells and super tnt must have been open for a month oh wow so one day one day one day we'll get to the emporium i'm not in a rush to have walmart join puddle you know like <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm i'm okay with the current state of retail yeah my, my current driver for that is mainly that i just need a fucking slingshot <laughs> right. and having more slots for tools available on a daily basis as they get rotated out means i can get a sling a slingshot sooner wow why is that so hard to say get a slingshot sooner there i do I, it's interesting too that i don't really miss the crafting that's something that i was wondering because yeah. i so much of new horizons is like 
in the beginning, especially as you're making stuff. But I feel like right. at a certain point, you don't really need to make anything anymore. So like, right. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't like, I don't miss that as a mechanic as much as I thought I would going to new leaf. Mm, yeah. I, uh, yeah, you're totally right. I feel like by the end of new horizons, at least for me, I started just buying stuff if I needed it. Yeah. Um, because you have so many bells, it's like, not really a problem. Yeah. And, and in this game, it's just nice. The tools don't break. I think the axes break in this game. If I, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, um, I think you might be right. Maybe a happy axe doesn't break because happiness yeah. is unending. I think that, yeah, I think the top level of the axe, maybe it's a gold one doesn't oh, break yeah. or something, maybe. but anyway, uh, that's all I got for this one. I do. I I'll, I'll, I'll leave a little, uh, lingering teaser, I guess. I do have like one big update for next week that if everything works out, it'll be like a big surprise update for next oh, week. Oh my God. I'm, I'm nervous, but excited. Yeah. So for you, Steven, it'll be seven full days. And for the dear listener, it'll be, uh, however long this next musical interlude takes. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye bye. Talk to you next week. See you next week. back week two baby week two uh you probably just heard some great music from our friend will thank you will for making some great music for this episode yeah unbelievable at the the time of this recording we haven't heard all the tracks but the ones we've heard have been like they're so good yeah Yeah. they're so good yeah i'm Uh, excited about it it's i'm excited to have them all here it is sunday january 15th uh at the time of this recording it's been one week since we last talked about animal crossing new leaf um it's the day of the release of the last of us television program on hbo <laughs> coincidence fitting <laughs> have you are you are you gonna watch it do you think am i gonna watch it i think yeah yeah i'll watch a couple episodes at least because yeah. i mean not to turn this into a last of us bonus but i feel like <laughs> for you know for all the people who downloaded this expecting to hear <laughs> what the heck is this yeah i think i think um i i in particular uh, like the first Last of Us less than most, mainly because I feel like it very much wanted to be a television show, and I think that it's going to be great. Like I think as a television <laughs> show, The Last yeah. of Us will be better for me personally. Yeah. Than the video game, and I'm kind of weirdly looking forward to it. I I would assume because the story is so compelling, they're just going to stick to the script for the most part, and uh, I think that's I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. I, I'm not. I'm kind of weirdly the opposite place where I loved the game and uh, it's such a again not to turn this into this but it's such a weird place to be where like I genuinely love both of those games but like I'm a little bit sick of the like the best stories told in gaming like I'm sick Mm -hmm. of that part of it the marketing of it yeah because it kind of feels like I've heard often people like who maybe don't know like who haven't played that many games like think of the last of us as like the only game with a good story. Like I've heard that more than once and that just gets to me. It's not the game's fault or the show's fault. I just hate that that's become part of the package, but I think the show is going to be great for people that maybe didn't play the game or don't want to, or can't and they'll get that story. Or have never heard of it and we'll never hear of it and are just like, Oh, HBO has a new show and people seem to like it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Which I could see, but I'm busy. 
I'm playing Animal Crossing New Leaf. Yeah. How's, uh, how's also, it going? It's going well. I, I just wanted to add to this, too. I did weirdly start keeping a journal this month as well, which just felt kind of like uh, serendipitous with doing this sort of like serialized episode. Yeah. Which I've found to be pretty helpful. It's going well. I, I think this game is... I'm like really zeroed in on the like, just like go at your own pace, take your time. I I don't, I didn't find New Horizons stressful, but I did always feel like I was like clicking boxes and getting stuff, you know, like especially early on, like you would like fall into a pit and your phone would go off and, and Tom Nook was like, I gave you more of my cryptocurrency. It's like, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> that is a thing that, that that is a sentiment I heard repeated a lot around New Horizons, though, was like there's a there was a weird FOMO for a lot of people who felt like things that they were seeing on it's weirdly mirrored real life, I guess, in a way. But like things that they would see on social media or in discord groups or on, you know, whatever made them feel like they weren't playing New Horizons the right way, you know, or weren't playing it like in in a, a way that allowed them to like get everything fast enough you know to be able to yeah. be experiencing everything that you're supposed to be experiencing which i i don't know if that's a fault of new horizon specifically or it was you know just about the time that it came out you know yeah um, but the idea of animal crossing has for so long just been you just play at your own pace and it's like just for you you know it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be a comparison point with everybody else. Like you, you don't, you don't need to compare yourself against, you know, what other people have been creating on their islands. Um, and I think new leaf, new leaf is really interesting because of how slow it is. Like it is really slow by comparison to new horizons yeah. in terms of the rate at which things get doled out to you. And again, I love both games and I don't think, I don't think one is, is objectively better. Uh, and nor do I even like, I, I think currently New Leaf is what I need right now, especially like mm. as we play other games. I think it's helpful to have a game that is not really like vying for my time or like asking that much of me. It's just sort of like a place I can return to. Yeah. And I think in some ways that's the that's the goal of New Horizons in spirit is like you are going to build that place for yourself. Mm-hmm. So eventually, like when the game ends, it's where most of them begin, where you now just have this place that you've carved out for yourself that you can just return to and live. Right. Um, but I think like, I don't know, I, I think um, I, I found this game to be so relaxing and so zen, for lack of a better phrase. And I, I really do think like limiting the amount of stuff that I can do is helpful in that. And and just, you know, the time of days I play this, I usually play it like towards the end of the day. I've been getting much more conscious of when I'm like looking at screens. So I mm. usually play this as like a sign off of like screen time That's um, really nice. b- before I like do some reading or, or do something else before going to bed. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 I'll share this real quick because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to start with The Last of Us and then veer into like deep personal mental health stuff. But I will say that like the past couple weeks, my anxiety has gotten to the point where like it has affected my sense of place and my sense of self in ways that I haven't experienced. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm doing much better, but it was honestly really scary. In, in, at least in something that I've remembered consciously, I haven't really felt that way before. And, you know, thankfully I have a lot of help and I have, you know, great friends like you and I'm, I'm totally on the right track to feeling like myself again. And honestly, like this game, 
not that it was like a cure, but I just think having that limited schedule, having like, we're just going to spend a little bit of time here was such a great way to ground myself. You know, it mm-hmm. just was really, I played this alongside uh, revisiting Persona 4 and like <laughs> having both games that like kind of give you a sense of schedule and routine really did numbers to just like at least calming me down so that I wasn't like spiraling or exacerbating my own anxiety. Yeah. I do think there's something really powerful to the idea of Animal Crossing being set on the same schedule as real life. You know, the idea yeah. of of it being a 24-hour cycle tied to the actual real-world calendar um, and the fact that there are so few things that are really available to you at any given point, at least in New Leaf or the ones before it, means that you create, like, healthy routines for yourself. Like like you just said, going in and playing it as like the last screen you look at before the end of the day. I imagine even when you're doing that, you're probably not playing for like hours, right? Like it's probably like no. 30 to 45 yeah. minutes at most. Yeah, exactly. Like I usually, I've also been like pretty chill with like the debt IO. I did, I finally did pay off my first house loan. So now I have more than like a square foot. Cause I'm like, this is actually like giving me hereditary vibes right now. Like I need to like improve this, how my house looks and feels. I don't want it to have Ari Ari Aster energy. Um, I I was like, I just need to put like four more things in my room just to make it look okay. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's still not great, but now I have like a little kitchen area. I have a couch that looks like an Animal Crossing house and oh, I can refine great. from there. Yeah. Um, I did that and I also uh, Club LOL opened. Great. Um, so and I got to see KK Slider the other night and it was just me in the crowd. <laughs> and the song he played was it was KK Malanga, mm. which is, you guessed it, the same song that plays in Bardo's house. I'm like, I cannot <laughs> believe I got Bardo's theme like watching no way watching kk slider perform Bardo's theme in like a crowd of one <laughs> yeah uh as the credits rolled was a little bit haunting like, as much as this <laughs> game has been a very positive ritual uh that was great but then i did request right after kk disco which is my favorite uh mm. kk song especially like like i love the version you get on on the cassette yeah that can play in homes and also my neighbor tammy who i've grown to really love um the cub she has her house plays KK Disco, which I thought was cool. Nice. Um, but uh, the the actual like acoustic, you got to see them live, man. The acoustic performance of KK Disco is the one. It's yeah, there are some bands that like you just really don't get the appeal until you see them live. You know, right? Exactly. Local Natives was one of those for me. KK Slider is definitely one for me. <laughs> but to answer your question, like, yeah, my my play sessions have been largely around a half hour, and like. Mm. I will often like I'll usually have like, okay, I'm going to get the fossils, sell some stuff, talk to everybody, maybe do a couple like missions for people, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, recently things have started to sort of blossom a bit. So I have like the new house. Mm -hmm. I'm still paying off the bridge and, you know, uh, the 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 stand up club and, and music venue opened. And that's all really cool. And like, I could do things to get the bridge faster and all that. But uh, I, I really do. You, you pointed out the connection to real time. Yeah. And I've also just been, you know, not to make this too, like too about me or whatever, but I, I have found that like, I am somebody who I have a lot of goals and projects I want to do. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think like, there's like a weird guilt or stress about not achieving things at a certain time, or maybe like not having the energy to work on them every day. Yeah. And really like actually just been like, what can I, what can I do today? Like not even think about what the, you know, have, have ambition and have goals, but not, 
put a deadline on it. It's like, what can I work on today? I found I, I make much better progress in everything, whether it's like an art project or just like my own, you know, physical fitness or whatever. If I just like do a little bit more consistently yeah, and really, and really ground myself in like what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think doing that in Animal Crossing New Leaf has also been really helpful. And, and I found myself that I, I end a lot of play sessions sitting on the bench in the town and just letting the music play as I hear like the waves hit. That's really nice. That is, that is a wonderful way to end your blue light of the day. Uh, it's, <laughs> a, it's a just, I don't, I don't know if 3DS is blue light, but whatever. Last screen you see is the yeah. bench and the waves. Really beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, so, so you're working on a bridge right now. Are, are yeah. you planning on putting down any more bridges? Like, are, do you do you see uh, when you look at your map of your island of your town? Are you like, I know exactly where the next bridge is going to go? I think there could be another bridge because right now the there's only the only bridge the puddle is roughly divided into half horizontally, mm-hmm. and there's one bridge on the left side. So I'm building a bridge on the right side. Great. I I theoretically could put another one in the middle, but I think that one will will solve all immediate logistic issues. Yeah. And uh, I, I I think the next public works project I'll probably do is like more decorative. Mm. Like I want to put a little bit more. I think the next goal for Puddle is to put more of my personality on it. Now that I feel like I have sort of like the foundation. So like, okay, I have like a not haunted house <laughs> and I'm building a bridge. The next step is like, what's our vibe? What's the town flag? The town theme right now is, and if you fall as Lucifer fell from the stars uh, in Les Mis, which is also my theme in New Jersey in New yeah, Horizons. Right. Uh, it works really well, I have to say. But my flag is the default one. So I think I think for next week, mm. that's my goal is like creativity. Man. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I. Um, How's everything by you? Well, so last week when we when we last talked, it was the day that the cafe had opened. Oh, that was, that was oh, yeah. the public works project that I had been working on. Um, and that was a situation where it's like as soon as I unlocked the ability to build the cafe, that was in the first week we were playing. I immediately did everything I could to get the amount of bills needed to open it as quickly as humanly possible. So that was like, go down to Tortimer's Island, catch as many beetles as possible, sell them all. And now I'm taking a much more laissez-faire approach to public works which is much nicer um yeah. i've built as many bridges as you can have so really all that's left is decorative stuff like there's really no more at least as far as what i've unlocked i know there are i think more that you get down the line but what i have unlocked at the moment are all just kind of more decorative ones but as i mentioned i think last week ken the rooster <laughs> demanded a pyramid in, yeah. in the town and i was like i don't really want to build a pyramid in the town my guy but you know looking through the list of public works projects and thinking to myself i would really like to have one done by the next time we record i decided to start building the pyramid and it requires like seven hundred thousand bells which <laughs> i didn't know i didn't even look at the price when i agreed to do it it just felt like the kind of thing that i should say yes to just for the sake of the podcast really more than anything yeah um and i put it down and then went and talked to lloyd and i had like thirty thousand bells on me and he was like yeah cool great all right six hundred and seventy thousand to go <laughs> uh great so I think that's going to take me a while. It might not even be done by the time we're done recording it. I am kind of like you now saying like, I'll just chip away at it slowly over time and eventually I'll have a pyramid. Do you think Lloyd collects the bells and like hands them directly to Tom Nook? Or is there like a weird sewer system of money? After you give him bells, like like he, like he eats them and they go down into the yeah, ground. That's, that's always kind of what I assumed for some reason. I'm not sure why. It's kind I of love morbid. that. 
Yeah. yeah, I like I like my favorite thing about Lloyd is that when he's far away, he's moving very slowly, and the closer uh, yeah. you get to him, he starts like freaking out. He's great. I I found a few dry roads. I I give each of them a chance, and then I go ugh, and then I sell them immediately. Oh, really? I usually get the yeah. ones that are like, like, why would I want this in my already haunted house? Yeah, but one day I'll find the gyroid for me. Although I don't want any gyroids to Bardo's theme currently, so I think new music first, and then we'll invite the gyroids over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I also am just selling the dry rides. I think my thing right now that I really wish was the case in all Animal Crossing games is I every time I dig up a gyroid, I think to myself, why can't I donate this to the museum? Like, I wish I wish the museum had a section for gyroids. Um, I think that'd be like a cacophony of noise when you walked in. Which That's very a funny. great idea. Yeah, I feel like there should be like because I feel like blathers has has met energy you know it feels like a, a very yeah. like official museum there yeah. should be a moma like counter <laughs> to to blathers met and that's where I, you can donate gyroids and i agree and they, they just take the fake art like hey whatever it's ironic it's cool <laughs> give us yeah. a fake mona lisa that's yeah, great. mona lisa's hand is uh facing the wrong way <laughs> uh, i like the, i like the moma a lot but that is that would be like more more moma energy yeah sure. totally yeah, I don't know. I just you get gyroids so frequently. It's weird to think that every player is going to collect all of them and like put them in storage or like put them all out in their house. I don't know. Yeah. What it's like, is this a punishment? Them. Is like what is yeah. like? Yeah, there's so much to the gyroids. It's unexplained. I never know what to do with them. Um, that said, my, my big update, my big my big infinity update for you um, was a tease from last week, because the day before we recorded, I, I made sure that this was going to happen. But I'm, I'm holding up to the camera. A thing for you to look at. Oh my god. I got all the amiibo cards. Because this, I, I had never experienced this, but when Animal Crossing New Leaf came out, it was just Animal Crossing New Leaf. And then two years after it was done, they released an update called the Welcome Amiibo Update. Right. Which, which was, is what we're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like for the th the new 3DS specifically that has an amiibo uh, NFC reader on it, um, like the Wii U had and like the switch has now um but it was supposed to tie in with happy home designer and with the amiibo Fe animal crossing amiibo festival which was a uh ill-conceived and horribly reviewed board game for the wii u <laughs> um where they were like trying to spin off animal crossing into things that weren't just playing animal crossing happy home designer they like got right and that game is great yeah and uh amiibo festival not so much but if you got the amiibo cards you could use them in Animal Crossing New Leaf. And I didn't really know for what. Like, I didn't know why you would use them at all. I didn't I didn't understand. And I, I just was like, I'm going to just pull the trigger on buying these. I bought a set of 80-something of them um, oh God. And, uh, and just started using them. So the way it works is you get the, you get the genie's lamp in the game and you put it in your house. And if you okay. go and, and interact with the lamp, Wisp comes out and Wisp is a little ghost. And if you use an amiibo card for a villager... While you're talking to Wisp, Wisp will turn into that villager and you can like have a conversation with that villager, whoever they are. And if everything goes right, you can then invite that villager to live on your in your oh, town. Oh, so it's a lot like the the tent, the campsite in in New Horizons. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and there is a campsite in New Leaf as well. And that was kind of my assumption was like, oh, if I tap this amiibo, then that person will come to the camp and then I could talk to them. But no, Wisp just turned right into the person that I had scanned. Uh, which is wild. But there are also amiibo cards. And this was kind of one of the more interesting things, because this is a whole like avenue of the game that I didn't really understand or know about. Um, but there are other amiibo cards which look like little trucks. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And when you scan these, that means that this person and their RV will show up at Harv's campsite. 
Wow. Uh, and then you can buy furniture from them using meow coupons, which are the are the little like currency that you get for doing the daily and weekly quests, which I I now that I have the amiibo cards and I've started using them, I'm starting to understand the gameplay loop that they built into the welcome amiibo update that i had never really experienced before because for me welcome amiibo when it came out was more just like oh they just added more dialogue and like a couple more things to do and that's cool and that's enough for me i didn't realize that they added like a whole new progression loop of collecting these meow coupons scanning amiibos in to get like different villagers to show up and have different items that you can buy with the meow coupons and it creates this kind of like this kind of like cycle of of new things that you can do on a daily basis when you when you log into Animal Crossing because you can only scan one amiibo daily, which is cool. I do like that they limit it. But uh, that said, I've been having a great time because I mean I have I have eighty something amiibos to choose from, and uh, there are you know some clunkers in there, but there are some like real winners also. Yeah, who who are the winners? Let's hear. Uh, so far, the the biggest one for me has been a uh, oh man. I'll see if I can dig them out. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you wanted to do a winners and losers section here as a, as a nod to uh, <laughs> all eighties, all eighty something. Oh, not all eighty, but you know, just the ones that catch your eye either way. Yeah. Um, okay. We already did the Jellical cats. We, you know, we, we've done our time for. Animal I'll, Crossing. I'll do. I'll. You know what? I'll do it real quick. Why not? Cool. I'm pulling I'm them all so out excited. of the box. <laughs> They're all gasping for air. Thank yeah. you for releasing me. This, this is. Very similar to a to a jellical or not jellical thing, honestly. I think like I'm gonna I'm gonna say winners and losers, and you know what that means in your heart of hearts. Um, yes. All right, we'll fly through them. Uh, cool. Bud the lion, absolutely a winner. Um, yeah. I'm gonna scan him in pretty soon. Pietro the clown, the clown sheep, is an absolute nightmare. Uh, who I can't <laughs> wait to invite. Um, How about this dream or nightmare? That's a little bit less mean, I think. Do you want to do? <laughs> you want to switch that dream or nightmare? Dream or nightmare? Yeah, sure. Uh, that sounds yeah. good. Um, the thing about Pietro is uh, shout out to our, our our friend Kim who hosts Frog of the Week and co-hosts Asynchronous. Kim has been playing Animal Crossing New Leaf and has been sharing screenshots on the Tumblr blog of her interactions with Pietro, all of which are like completely unhinged. Um, which was the turning point for me wanting to invite Pietro to the island was like the more I see Kim's interactions with Pietro, yeah. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta talk to him. Um, the thing, the thing was just you putting Pietro up to the camera and me seeing a ram dressed as a clown and the prospect that I had to say if he's a loser just felt really mean. <laughs> felt like, like this feels like I'm the villain in in you know some coming of age film. Yeah. So. Um, Nightmares is nightmares a little bit more. It's it's just you're a dream or a nightmare, and it's yeah. from the same place. Uh, I've decided I'm not going to go through all of these, but I will. I will try and shout <laughs> some of them out. Uh, yeah, Bob the cat. I love Bob. Is oh, like yeah. a classic. Absolute Bob winner. has turned into like a million gifts, uh, and I and I I love Bob. This is also becoming a tarot reading too, in some ways, which I appreciate. Lionel, who is uh like an old stately lion, um, I am yeah. absolutely in love with. Absolutely incredible energy going on here. Um, kind of reminds me of a Ace Attorney character a little bit. Yeah, like for real, totally. Yeah. There's Mira, who is a bunny who thinks that they're Ooh, a superhero. Cool. Yeah, who I, I, I love had her. not met before or had ever seen before. There's also Nana, a monkey, which are very rare in these games. Oh, yeah. She's very, cool. I like her. Very rare to get just like regular monkey. I think there's like a bunch of gorillas, but like a like a chimp kind of energy. Um, yeah. Not so much. Rare. Um, I forgot there were ducks until Joey showed up. I was like, oh, yeah. I have... My island currently is two anteaters and three ducks. 
which is why I'm trying, which is like one of the reasons I got the Amiibo stuff was like, yeah. I got to shake this up. Um, anyway, this is all really like we could go through all of these and they're all great and there's good people in here and I, and I love them dearly, but it really all leads up to, uh, the one villager I had never seen before. and didn't know existed and I'm absolutely obsessed with, and this was, uh, enemy number one on my list, uh, is, is snake. Oh yeah. Snake's awesome. Snake the rabbit, uh, who is yeah. wearing what seems to be kind of like a ninja outfit, but is just yeah. a big smiley face with pink ears. Yeah. He's incredible. I love Snake. Snake Snake was the first person I invited onto the island, uh, and I'm 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 really excited uh, for them to move in, which hasn't happened yet. Interestingly, um, so I'm I'm waiting to see what's going on, or if I need to like kick somebody else out. Maybe I have too many villagers already. I'm not quite sure. I think Snake is on my is in New Jersey in New Horizons actually. Like last oh, really? time I played, I because I, I, I at one point had three jocks and I was I'm actually getting a headache. So <laughs> then I had no jocks. So I'm like I need a little bit of jock in my life, and mm. I think then Snake Snake yeah. filled the role. Yeah. All that said, the the amiibo side of this game uh, is really fascinating, and uh, I, I'm I'm curious to kind of like experiment more and see if there's more underneath the surface. At worst, uh, I, I get to use them in Happy Home Designer, which I need to play for the 3DS episode anyway, and I am excited to to see how that works. Even while we're talking about characters, I also I, I forgot the different energy Isabel has here in this one. I think because mm. like in, in New Horizons, she's like amongst the elite kind of like, <laughs> yeah. welcome, like hope you like her presence is good. It's like it's a positive influence on the island. But like she's like Tom's, you know, partner in crime. Right. And here it's like I feel like we're both like it's you know, we have each other's backs a little bit more. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, and she's a little bit less like she's a little bit more kind of like anxious and bumbling, which is kind of fun. Like. Not that that's how one should be, but it's like she just has a stronger sense of character, I think. Yeah, she's she's had character growth between the two games. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Isabel's awesome. I'm trying to think if I have any more updates. I don't think I do for for my week in Animal Crossing New Leaf. Um, I'm just appreciating, I think, more and more. And this is the thing we talked about in last week's segment. But more and more, I'm appreciating the portability of the 3DS and and being able to take Animal Crossing on the go with me. Like I, I went I was on the subway couple days ago um and uh just like riding from brooklyn to manhattan which is like a 30 minute ride just about uh and i just like whipped out my 3ds and played animal crossing on that ride to and from where i was going uh which is a thing i never would do in a million years with a nintendo switch um and it's just nice it's just nice to have that feeling and being able to like return in and also you know like put it in sleep mode and have it just like hanging out and know that i don't even need to like wait for the thing to turn on um it's great. Yeah, it, it brings up a question that I think we've asked multiple times where I really do wonder. I, I think I think the Switch has really benefited from the singularity of the Nintendo teams, like having the handheld teams and the main console teams all collaborate. And like, yeah, there's no there's no more division. I think that has helped a lot. But I do think there is something lost where there isn't a distinctly handheld system with games that are made with portability in mind, because yeah. I think it, it kind of it with, with something like the Steam Deck or Switch, it really does vary game by game mm-hmm. on like, you know, whether or not this works well handheld. Like Usually it will it will be fine. It will be like a fun novelty. But I think having played so much of the DS this past year and now the 3DS, it's just cool to see games that are like designed with the hardware in mind. Yeah, I do think if we are moving towards a reality where like there it's sort of like you can play anything anywhere that's really exciting and that has a lot of positives too but i do think you lose that like hardware design intentionality 
yeah uh, that that we see on the system i i'm totally with you and i i think like the easiest distillation of this I, I've thought about in my brain is just the more portable an Animal Crossing is, the better it is to me. And I, I actually I was talking to our friend Alana yesterday um, and she was talking about a friend of hers who loves Pocket Camp and like couldn't get into New Horizons specifically wow. because Pocket Camp is so portable that she just had it with her everywhere. And I kind of I, I get where that I get that mindset. Um, I did not click with Pocket Camp. I think the way some people did. Um, but I understand that that jump from having something literally in your pocket at all times that could play Animal Crossing and then getting New Horizons and being like, oh, this is actually daunting and like requires, you know, more pomp and circumstance to like get into um, than just, you know, taking your phone out while you're like waiting in line at a deli or something. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, on, on the note, I mean, this is totally unrelated, but maybe not, but uh, on the note that you were just talking about, about like, oh, I like games designed for hardware specifically. I'm really interested in the game that Kojima Studios is working on for xCloud. Uh, they're making a game for Xbox and it is specifically only available via streaming, I think was the, the pitch. And I'm like, re- I'm just really curious to see what that oh, yeah. is. That feels like the closest we can get to designing a game for its hardware in in this era that we have right now uh, yeah until, you know if if nintendo follows the same path of just like being a standard console in the future even what they did in death stranding with the internet you know like the way that game handled being online and, and yeah. how that related to other players was so cool and interesting so right? yeah i'm excited to see what that what that comes to yeah yeah cool shit <laughs> every now and then if i feel inspired i'll take a picture of what's happening because we also have our tumblr uh mm-hmm. ita new leaf and people have been sharing updates of their return to New Leaf. And uh, I'll, I'll end our section here with the quote that I that stood out to me sure. from Kid Cat. I ran into Kid Cat in the museum at nighttime in the predominantly empty bug section. <laughs> I just donated uh, like a centipede. <laughs> and Kid Cat said, for some reason, all the bugs here seem so chill. And I wow. just uh, that really stood out to me. I just some, there's something very like already strongest man in the world about seeing kid cat like a speed racer cat yeah. in a museum for bugs is that this is like weirdly beautiful and a little sad but yeah. like i love it oh, so that's awesome for some reason all the bugs here seem so chill that's great yeah uh i think that's a i think that's a good note to end on thank you kid cat thank you um, kid cat thank you to the centipede um <laughs> thanks for yeah thanks for making sure that statement had any sense of accuracy because otherwise it would just be well there are no bugs here so of course they <laughs> they seem chill yeah um yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited for the next week uh and and seeing how i feel about the game uh me too in one week's time so uh stay tuned dear listener and we'll be back with even more animal crossing updates on sunday january 22nd see you then Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Welcome back. Today is Sunday, January 22nd, 2023. Uh, this is going to be our last 
update for Animal Crossing New Leaf for this episode. It flew by. I think it we were we, we were going to potentially do another check-in, but that would prevent this from being released this month. So we wanted to give enough time to edit it. But also, I think there's a little bit of of you know leave 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 the experience wanting more kind of thing. Mm. You know, there's a lot of power to that. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Uh, right, literally seconds before we started recording, you said that you were going to keep playing this game when we were done with this episode. I'd like to yeah. hear more about that. Yeah, so I think what's kind of interesting is for for pretty much every other bonus we've done, not that there's like a finality to it, but there is sort of a like okay we've gone out of our way to like play this game Mm -hmm. and really internalize it really explore our feelings on it what it means to us what this specific playthrough meant to us if it's something we're revisiting and then i feel pretty good either leaving it there like indefinitely or you know being like in the case of mass effect it's like i know i'm going to replay this but maybe i'll wait like a couple years before i go back it's at least for the show it kind of feels like we're closing like a chapter, you mm-hmm. know, it's okay. Like we did that. Now we can kind of move on to something else. Yeah. Um, with this game, it's the opposite where I feel like I am exiting this bonus episode experience being like this check-in, you know, there's something that we keep saying about this game, this, this idea that it's built to sort of have this sense of place and sense of community that you just sort of check up on and have some agency over, but it's largely a place that exists with or without you. Mm-hmm. I think that has been such a positive part of my schedule that I, I would like, to, and it feels natural enough that I, I, I don't want to stop doing that because we're done with the bonus. Mm. You know, I think it's, it's honestly not to be too dramatic, but it's, I, I, I shared how I was feeling at the start of this month and, and obviously I did other things that helped me, but it, this has been a positive part of a very difficult month for me. And I also think, you know, the inevitable comparisons to new horizons as much as New Horizons is also a similar game that you can revisit whenever, and and it's great to do that with, because of the differences in intention, there is part of me that feels like I beat New Horizons. You know what I mean? Like, I when I go back to it, it's like, oh yeah, like, I'm glad this place is doing okay without me. My house is full of roaches, but like everyone else is like still fine yeah and i don't really need to be here anymore i i did the thing i wanted to whereas new leaf i i really do feel like i'm visiting a place Mm -hmm. um and and that that has been so positive and so enjoyable that that i'm leaving this episode with sort of a new experience ahead of me and not one behind me if that makes sense yeah i i think it's interesting because i i went into this experience thinking like oh it'll be nice to revisit new leaf for a little bit and i thought it would kind of energize me to play new horizons more um and and i think the opposite is kind of true um which you know i i'll be honest thinking back on on the previous recordings from this month i've definitely been a little bit harsh on on new horizons a game i absolutely love yeah they're both these are both masterpieces yeah there are things that new horizons does better than new leaf but because this is the episode about new leaf that's the stuff i focused on um but that said i think the biggest thing for me, kind of uh, something that I, I I brought up last week, is like we kind of picked a weird month to start doing it. Like to do this episode in January of all months means that we're playing Animal Crossing New Leaf at literally the worst time you can play Animal Crossing New Leaf <laughs> in an entire year's calendar. And yet you and I are walking away from this thinking like I want to keep playing this for the rest of the year, hypothetically, um, which yeah. I think is really powerful and says a lot about how how spectacularly uh, executed this game is. 
And I hope to continue. I mean, hope, you know, we have the Tumblr ITA New Leaf. I'm hoping to see that continue as well as sort of like a nice little, you know, offshoot of, of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think I explicitly said that anywhere, but I I think that that blog can continue to exist uh, as long as as long as we want, as long as anyone wants, really, as long as you're submitting stuff to that Tumblr account, we'll continue posting it. Um, yeah. I, I would like that to continue. I would at least like to share some spring updates in Puddle just for the palette. Yeah. You know, variety. I'm really excited to keep getting further and further into the year. I think one of the interesting things about this game, just from like a design standpoint and speaking about January being like a pretty tough month to play it is at any point you can go to an island where it's summer. Like I, I think right. like built into the game is an understanding that the winter months are pretty difficult in Animal Crossing New Leaf. Yeah. So there's a place you can escape to that'll allow you to to experience summer and summer bugs uh at any at any point that's that's actually what i did this this week I, w- w- the last thing i did before recording was i went to tortimer's island yeah what'd you do well so i guess just i guess you know if we're veering into updates yeah. for how our week has been i built the bridge very excited nice i, I finally have two bridges in the town of puddle uh, we're moving up in the world Great. and uh it was kind of nice because I literally ran into Joey the duck on the new bridge. And he was like, I'm in the mood for some fruit. And I'm like, you got it, pal. Easy access. Look at this logistical bridge. <laughs> so that was fun. I also upgraded my house. So I have more debt, but more space. Yeah, I did. The uh, same. Yeah. House looks a little bit better, a little bit more of a, a, of a roomy place. I saved Gulliver. Um, Gulliver, and he showed sent up. Me, wow. Gulliver showed up and he sent me bagpipes for saving him <laughs> from Scotland. Uh, that I can so I can now play bagpipes in my slightly larger house over Bardo's theme. Do you think he was on uh, his way to Scotland when uh when when things went awry on his ship and that's why he ended up in seemed, Puddle? Yeah, because he he asked me some trivia about the place he came from. Oh really? And it was Scotland. He was like, I came from a place there was like a, a local legends of a monster named Ness or something. <laughs> Uh, and he was like, do you know what that place is? And I said, Scotland. And then he's like, yeah. And he's like, I'll send you something from there. And then I got bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I also, even more importantly than the bagpipes, I, from one of my neighbors, I was gifted the little brother's shirt. And at first I was scared. I'm like, what on earth does that mean? It sounds cursed. It's Luigi. It's Luigi. It's a Luigi shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that they called it that. And when I put it on, I gave a little Mario sound. Yeah. Um, this is one of those things about New Leaf that's a little bit harder to get into after the, the life cycle of the 3DS has already ended. But I, I think I mentioned this at some point, but there's a pedometer in the 3DS that counts your steps as you're walking around in the world and turns that into a currency in Animal Crossing that you can then spend at the Nook store to buy fortune cookies and when you open those fortune cookies, each one alludes to a different Nintendo game. And if you hand that into one of the Nooklings, they will then give you an item from that, oh, from that Nintendo game to put that's in your house. Fun. Um, but it does require you walking around with the 3DS in your pocket at all times. I mean, hey, what else am I going to do? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, I just found I so every now and then I take pictures of, of special moments in my playthrough. Mm. And here I have a letter from Gulliver. And he said, to Steven, this this answers your question from earlier. To Steven, thanks for helping me out. I wanted to let you know that I made it safely to Scotland. Wow. Scotland, Scotland, the country, exists in the world of Animal Crossing. I'm sending you one of its traditional instruments as a gift from Gulliver with love. Wow. So that was amazing. Uh, So so today I went to Tortimer's Island for the first time. And I forgot that there's like that little gift shop with Cap'n's family. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's amazing. Love that. 
And then I saw the island and I saw the possibilities for future playthroughs. Yeah. Of of the riches that await me and the summer vibes that await me. It was honestly Absolutely. really nice to not see the snow. Even though I do I do kind of like winter and puddle. It, it was nice to have variety because literally I have not seen the sun in real life Chicago for over a week. So like yeah. it was nice to be in a summer location at all. Uh-huh. Um so what I did was and this was like minutes before we started recording. So I'm like, I don't really have a lot of time to fully enjoy Tortimer's Island. So I shook two trees. I caught a stag beetle and I shook two trees. I shook a coconut tree, a palm tree with coconuts, and I shook a durian tree to embrace the good and bad of life, to know that there's always going to be ups and downs. Uh Um, And including that philosophy or alongside that philosophy, I didn't fully understand that I had to deposit the things that I got. So I left Tortimer's Island empty handed uh, <laughs> oh no i'm so sorry Captain sang about mayonnaise um <laughs> but then he said a beautiful quote that that kind of was a nice way to sort of like sign off this bonus experience at least mm. he said i've seen so many sunrises and sunsets i enjoy them no matter how busy life gets how busy life gets and it's me and Captain sailing back to puddle. That's great. Uh, so to me, that's a nice end to this experience and a beginning to just knowing that this is a daily thing I can do. Mm, yeah. Or whenever inspiration strikes. That's beautiful. I wish the siren didn't ruin uh, what sentiment I was trying to communicate. But, you know, durians and coconuts. That's that's beautiful. What a, what a beautiful ending. Uh, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. So you finish the bridge. Do you have finish the bridge? Do you have anything else on the horizon that you're like? I th- I think this is what I aspire to do next, or is it more just like continuing to check in? The two things that had to happen were the bridge and the beautiful town ordinance. Yeah. Um. And now that I've done both of those things, and also have a little bit more space in my house, I am wanting to take on more ambition mm. uh, for the public work project. So I'll look at what's available. I didn't have time to check with Isabel. Yeah. Um. I did change the town flag. I tried to draw like a detailed actual puddle, but because I kept retrying it and restarting because I was unhappy with the design, I ended up making what looks like a Dragon Ball, but is blue. <laughs> so it's like a circle dragon blue, with the yeah. star. Yeah, Dragon Blue, exactly. I love that. So, so now we have a custom town flag. The town theme is stars from Les Mis. Mm-hmm. I think th- the foundation is set for me to continue uh, creatively adding to this town. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I think I think where I'm at at the end of this week is is kind of doubling down on wanting to make my space feel better because I, I think my as we were talking about last week the, the house situation is dire uh, for both of us and both of us have upgraded <laughs> our houses at this point thankfully yeah, um, I got bagpipes but my my house just looks like shit like truly and I, I think I want to upgrade it I think that's going to start to become my focus moving forward but this week for me was uh, really all about two things number one was kind of getting into the habit of or getting more into a habit of playing the game um because i feel like i was playing it kind of at, at random times throughout the day like i was playing it at least once a day throughout this entire experience but it was always at a random time and this week was the first week where i really got to like play at six or seven which is when i used to play when the game first came out because that's the best time to go to tortimer's island and also the best song yeah. also the best song uh, although i really like 1 p.m and 8 a.m too which honestly those are the three times a day i'm most likely to play it is like before work, during lunch, and after work. I think it's 3 a.m. That's also really good, but whoever hears oh, that yeah. one, yeah. But that said, I spent a lot of time on Tortimer's Island this week, catching a lot of beetles, uh, catching a lot of sharks, 
um, and trying to get that pyramid for Ken. I really wanted to come <laughs> prepared this week saying like, I finally got that pyramid up and I didn't. It, it's so expensive. It was so difficult to to get the, the amount of money. I mean, I could have, you know, but based on our conversation last week, I was like, I, I need to really take my time with this because I think that's kind of the thing about Animal Crossing New Leaf versus New Horizons for me specifically. I guess for everyone, I think from a design standpoint, I'm thinking about it, but it's a game meant to be doled out in really small drips. Like it's a game meant to be checked in with for years, whereas New Horizons, I feel like you can kind of min max your way to just like finishing it, as you were saying earlier. New Horizons is about like the the slow progress uh, or New Leaf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. New, New Leaf is, is about the slow progress. So I I have spent a lot of my week this week just kind of being OK with however many bells I get on my one trip to Tortimer's Island every day. I'm not doing what I used to do when I played this game back in the day, which is like go to Tortimer's Island over and over and over and over again uh, until I'm a millionaire. Uh, this time I'm being a little bit more uh, conscious of my time, I guess. But what did happen in all of that interim is uh, I became friends with Brewster, which was oh, nice. great at the cafe. And I also upgraded the Nook shop by accident, which I didn't. It just kind of happened one day. I just walked in and, and, and Timmy or Tommy, I forget which one, was just like, hey, we're closed tomorrow. And t- next day we'll have a, a supermarket, um, which is cool. But... The bummer about this is that the way the way the Nook upgrades work is the first one you get is essentially like a 7-Eleven. It's a convenience store and it's open until midnight, which is amazing. Uh, yeah. And the next one is open until like 8 p.m. So uh. it actually gets worse if you upgrade it <laughs> past that. I, th- I think that that convenience store like is actually the best version of the Nook store. You have the f- really almost nothing in there, but I love it's ours. I love it. It's almost like it feels like it could be a 24 seven experience. Yeah. Um, it's a Wawa, but for the most part, I, I think this week for me, like I, I feel like the last couple of weeks I, I went in and had goals that I had set for myself and things I wanted to do. Like even last week showing up with the Amiibo cards and stuff was like every week I wanted like a thing, but the more we did this episode, the more I was like, I think I just want to like play it like a normal person. And that, has been nice yeah i think that's really visually signified with the tree in the plaza Mm -hmm. where you know you begin the game by planting this tree and like it grows very slowly throughout time yeah and it's a nice reminder of like you know whenever i felt kind of like busy or that i had to do a lot of things i just saw how small the tree was and i'm like why am i rushing this you know yeah yeah. it's like a nice reminder to like relax totally and then uh there was also a fishing tournament uh that i did not participate in because they're like (laughs) catch a pond smelt and i'm like pond fishing i thought this was the big leagues yeah and then i checked the three ponds and there were no fish so then i bought a fake statue at reds and then went to sleep Uh, um pond smelts are in the rivers Oh, are they? Yeah, I know. It's annoying. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, uh, some fisherman I am. I'm I'm happy to whoever won in my absence. Yeah. The, the other th- <laughs> speaking about the seasons in this game, the thing for me is that like the greatest joy I get from Animal Crossing is fishing and catching bugs. And there are like no bugs to speak of in the winter except for uh, the little like roly polies when you hit rocks with a shovel. Uh, sometimes you get the little like dangling, uh, what are they called? Bagworms from trees. If yeah. You, if you shake a tree. Uh, and every once in a while there's a centipede and like that, that's your selection of bugs Those are in the bugs. winter. <laughs> you yeah, just got there the are three. no butterflies or anything. Maybe sometimes a wharf roach. But yeah, I mean, I, I also, I think like for whatever reason, the the fishing in this game is like especially relaxing. It's, it's the so same good. as New Horizons, but yeah. I just think like meshed with the vibe of the game, those activities feel more leisurely. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I remember uh, having friends over in New Horizons and we were on my pier and we had each crafted like 30 bait and we're trying to catch like one of the rarest fish and it was fun and that was exciting but that that to me is like also the difference where it's like i'm just seeing what i get you know i'm not trying to again min max this or anything yeah um, i mean you can still do that and that's the thing it's like it's part of this is just how we're approaching it which is also the the beauty of the flexibility of the game yeah yeah I, uh, I, I'm excited to keep playing this game after this experience. I think, I think this is a, a thing that's going to just become a ritual for me. Um, just keeping my 3ds charged and going and playing new leaf forever. Um, Absolutely. This is, it's interesting because like, I, I've always wanted to get back into new leaf ever since my first real, you know, when it came out getting like super into it. Um, but it's always been kind of hard, I think to really get back into it in, in the same way that you and I've talked about on the show many times where it's like every time you sit down and, and are like, I'm going to start a new Skyrim save you get, you know, you'll play it for like a couple of days and then eventually it'll dissipate. And then, and then you'll come back to it and do the same thing again later. I've been doing that with new leaf for a long time. And this is the first time where it's like, Oh, because we're doing this podcast and really endeavored to play it every single day for an entire month. A month is about as long as it takes for your brain to rewire itself into creating new habits. So I feel like you and I have just created a new habit for ourselves <laughs> by virtue of doing this episode for the show. And now it's like, Oh yeah, it'd be weird if I stopped playing animal crossing now. It's also like, uh, I, I think about this a lot cause my two close friends who are very into board games often mention like having either a warm up or wind down game to play after like whatever the main board game is, mm. which sounds like overkill, but like there honestly is something to that. Cause if you're playing a game that's like, something more intense like root or like you know cosmic encounter or whatever where it's like four people x hours like maybe kind of competitive yeah to just leave the night on that note it's sometimes fun to have something that's like mario party adjacent to just sort of like cool the mood right and i think i think new leaf is a great game to play like either maybe before like maybe after work but before i'm gonna play something like you know meteor Mm. or, or something that's like asking more of me or a wind down where it's like maybe I just watched a movie or maybe I just read something and I'm preparing for bed or whatever. Totally. So I think it fits those places very well. Yeah. I'll also say just while I'm at it, I, I have a second 3DS. Like I have like the original 3DS that I, I had when the 3DS first came out. Um, and that was like it still worked and stuff. And I still had a physical I had a physical copy of Animal Crossing New Leaf and I had a digital copy that I downloaded on my new 3DS. So I gave I gave my old 3DS to my partner uh, and, you know, who loved New Horizons and was like, here's the previous one. You haven't played it. I'm curious what you think about it. And like she also is now in this in this point where she's like, I think I'm going to play this a whole lot like oh nice past this month you know i think i think she wanted to play along with us the same way a bunch oh, of people cool. in the discord were and stuff um but like she just went away for a little bit and took her took her 3ds with her to play new leaf specifically which i thought was like yeah th- there is something about this game that really like even even when you're not obligated to play it or even if it's just reminding you of new horizons there's something about new leaf that is very singular absolutely yeah i i would love to visit each other's towns whenever we get the chance yeah i I feel like if we had one more week that would be what next week's episode would be would be about the multiplayer experience maybe we'll do a live in a little segment in an episode or something yeah that'd be cool yeah bring it back baby do you have anything else you want to say before we take a break and move on to questions no i mean i i the cap and quote just sort of presented itself to me as a nice credits roll moment yeah. even though i did see the credits roll when kk slider played Bardo's theme to an empty <laughs> club yeah 
Although I did catch a DJ set and and the uh, Shrunk is that his name? Doctor Shrunk, yeah. He was like, "If you feed me in the afternoon, I'll I'll try out some stand up on you." And I'm like, "What dream did I stumble nightmare. into?" Yeah, he, that's yeah. how he teaches you reactions, but like the nightmare. I'd rather react to nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be stone faced. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just very thankful for this game. I'm glad I'm exiting this month in a much more positive headspace and ready for what the year has ahead of us yeah yeah me too oh and the last thing we talked about in the last episode or the last segment was that the last of us tv show was coming out and i'll just say <laughs> that i watched it and it was good we're not oh, gonna yeah, talk about it on the show watch it. but uh i just thought i'd give an update on that it's out and i watched it and i liked it thanks tammy thanks joey thanks, thanks joel Cookie. thanks ellie <laughs> what animals would joe and joel and ellie be if they were in animal crossing do you think oh hmm I think Joel would have to be a bear. You think so? I was going to say a wolf. No, oh, Ellie's I a wolf. I could see that. Ellie's a wolf. And I think... Maybe not in the first game, but in the second game, Ellie's a wolf. Yeah, Ellie's a wolf. And I think Joel is either a bear or a lion. One of the more adult looking ones. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. That feels correct. Cool. Well, now they figured that out. We can add them <laughs> via Amiibo cards. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Naughty Dog. <laughs> he <laughs> just showed me uh was it pietro yeah the clown uh i really oh, do snake I lives feel in like... my island now by the way uh oh good snake did end up showing up eventually I, I just ran into him on a bridge one day and and uh he immediately demanded something from me i forget what it was i think it was a fountain i've really grown attached to my villagers tammy and cookie especially they're my mvps yeah so I'm excited to see if anyone else joins the puddle crew. Yeah. My town is totally full, totally booked up at this point. Um, wow. And uh, one of my favorite villagers tried to leave and I said, no. Yeah. Cookie tried to leave, which felt like a test. And I'm like, I'm not falling for this. <laughs> no, we want you here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's take a break and then come back and uh, answer some questions. Sounds good. See you soon. Bye-bye. Brendan. Steven. New leaf, new questions. We got some <laughs> questions from the listeners. Yes. I'm very excited to go through these. Thank you to everyone who submitted these. Uh, I have not seen them yet, so I'm excited to see what we got here. They're good questions. Primarily because I guess I don't have a Mastodon. Our first question is from Matt on Mastodon. Uh, <laughs> you'll probably talk about this, but I'd love to hear how new leaf being seemingly meant for smaller seasons or sessions worked for you. For me, it meant that I didn't play it as often, strangely. New Horizons and even the original Animal Crossing kept me more engaged. That's interesting. And I think this is going to vary pretty wildly by individual um, because I think that like as we've explored throughout this episode, I think that I, I wouldn't say one is better than the other. I think right now I'm really latching on to what New Leaf is doing uniquely from New Horizons, but I also would fully understand why someone would love New Horizons and not really mesh with New Leaf. If mm -hmm. they like really needed that motivation or that or just the ability to creatively mold the space yeah you know i think i imagine like having only known that and then going to this might be a little bit of a shock 
you know yeah i think going backwards could be difficult for me and this is the thing that we have talked about a bunch but for me the the smaller sessions of new leaf i think feels more inherently animal crossing to me than the like kind of bingeability of of new horizons um i think that that game is spectacular and i and i like i liked that experience of kind of like binging that game the way everybody else was at the time i mean it was for horrible reasons obviously but like the fact that that game allowed you to play it in that way um i thought was a credit to it and and definitely sets it apart from the rest of the animal crossing franchise and lineage but new leaf to me is the pinnacle of the small session version of animal crossing Um, and and the idea that things change very slowly over time um I, i think i think is is a credit uh, more than it is a hindrance to my enjoyment. What stands out to me here is that uh, Matt said the original Animal Crossing yeah. kept them more engaged. I, it's been so long since I played the first one on GameCube that I'm wondering, like, I mean, not that there needs to be a reason why, it's your experience, but I'm just wondering, like, what is different? You know, like, what is the difference? What is the key difference there? Mm-hmm. And I wonder, too, if it's, like, just by nature of it being on the GameCube versus handheld, like, was there an expectation that a session of original animal crossing was going to be like a one to two hour sit down experience versus like right. 20 minutes on the go. You yeah. Know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's worth bringing up. I mean, I, I brought up a, a while ago, um, my experience playing city folk on the steam deck, um, to see if having that game as a handheld game would be better or more interesting. And what I found was I, I, I was more compelled to sit down and play that game for long periods of time the way I was New Horizons. And I think what's interesting about the handheld versions of Animal Crossing, Wild World and, and New Leaf specifically, is they they do seem very subtly built to be picked up and played for very small sessions. And I, th- I think I think that's I think that's just smart. That's just smart design for the hardware, you know? Yeah. Uh, moving on. Chris on Macedon. Having played both Wild World for the DS special. Thanks for playing along with us. And New Leaf recently, how would you compare the two as games to pick up now in 2023? For example, is there anything that stands out about what New Leaf adds to the Animal Crossing formula or things about Wild World that's refreshing in its classic simplicity? Great question. Um, I would say this is I think you said this on the DS episode, but Wild World definitely feels like let's try the first one again. Yeah. So I think that like if you wanted to sort of see the origin of the series, I think Wild World is probably a a more seamless way to do that now Mm. than maybe the original. I'm curious what you think about this question because I feel like you have a lot of experience with Wild World more than me. So yeah, I think I think that it's it's interesting to look at the franchise as a whole, right? Because because Animal Animal Forest and Animal Crossing uh, on the GameCube, um, that game obviously set precedent, had a lot going for it nailed a lot on the first go around yeah wild world really is i i think this is a positive to be clear it is just let's take that and make it something that you can have in your pocket at all times and honestly the fact that they made that work is brilliant um and i think kind of unlocked as as i've talked about a lot and even just on the last question just unlocked a lot of potential for this franchise as something that you carry with you i i I think that that became a really special touchstone um followed by then city folk really being kind of more of the same again uh weirdly city folk is kind of wild world 2 in a way but you're locked to sitting on your couch with the nintendo wii and honestly that i think took something away here 
Um, it honestly reminds me a little bit. It, it, this is weird because you and I just recorded an episode about Fire Emblem earlier today. Um, but it reminds me a lot of of Fire Emblem Awakening in a way where that game was born. I was thinking about that. Yeah, that game was born out of a bunch of like kind of mediocre Fire Emblem games or like games that didn't really like hit the audience the way they wanted to. Um, and was kind of built from the ground up as being like, maybe this is a swan song, but really it's a celebration of everything that Fire Emblem can be. New Leaf was kind of built in a similar way because that this was like, okay, City Folk had come out, and then on the Wii U, you got the Amiibo Festival instead of like an actual Animal Crossing game on the Wii U. So, you know, I, th- I think their like attempt to take Animal Crossing and branch it out into new avenues just like wasn't working. Um, and... I don't know if this is the case. I haven't read a lot about the development of New Leaf, but if I had to guess, I would say there was probably some internal pressure that's like, you really got to make this one work. And what I do know about the development is that the the mayorship aspect of it was kind of like a late development that that wasn't like that wasn't the initial design conceit of the game was oh, having wow. you be the mayor that was the thing that happened a little bit later as a justification for a lot of the things that they wanted to do so you already had the ability to kind of have like public works projects and and you know build up the town in the back and things like that but it wasn't until kind of later in the development that they had the brain blast that was like oh the fact that you're the mayor actually ties all of these new elements together in a really smart way. And I think honestly, without it's like the Nintendo charm to me, that is like so classically why Nintendo is at the point that they're at and why they're the company that they are is because those kinds of creative ideas pop up and, and, and make everything just like taste perfect together. You know, it's, yeah, it's not, absolutely. you're not tasting all the ingredients. It's just new leaf is, is because tying all of those things together, making you the mayor and giving you more ownership over your space, I think, um, really became the the shot in the arm that Animal Crossing needed. And it's the reason that New Leaf, I think, was so successful. Because it, it, did, it didn't just feel like Wild World again. It really felt like wholly different. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I missed... I only played the first one and then I played New Leaf. You know, so that jump was very clear. And I imagine I was probably... I mean, Wild World did well, but like, I think City Folk was, is sort of the weird one that like not everyone got, you know? Yeah. It really did feel like the first one was sort of this like mysterious moment, not necessarily mainstream, but like the kids who had the first one, you know, in the early 2000s, like they knew what was up. Like it was like you could trust anyone who had a copy of that. That was like, okay, like we're on the same wavelength, Mm -hmm. you know, and then eventually it became more mainstream. Because again, like I think we're now in a time when there is a whole industry for games like this or, you know, I think like in a post like farming sim is mainstream world. Animal Crossing doesn't seem quite as alien as it did in the early 2000s. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think to answer the question directly, um, you know, what, what does New Leaf add to the Animal Crossing formula? I, th- I think just ownership, like ownership over your, your space is really important. Um, but also, or are there things about Wild World that are refreshing in their classic simplicity? I think both of those games are great for different reasons. Um, and, and I would pick up or play either of them for different reasons as well. Honestly, the the experience of building up to the, the DS episode and playing Wild World that whole time was really special. Because um, that was the first time I had really just dived headfirst into wild world since that game had come out also and played it for like a really extended period of time. And there is something very special about how pared back that game is and how much of it is you just needing to like kind of find your own fun. 
um it, it feels like a precursor to things like minecraft in that way that it's like it's just so open-ended oh yeah absolutely. you know and and new leaf i think adds a really smart amount of of drive and focus to the player like it does it doesn't explicitly say hey you should do this or you should do this but i think just by virtue of the way the game is built and the way it's tutorialized in the first couple of weeks, every player will figure out what it is that they really like and, and will kind of focus on that. And then New Horizons, I think, actually gives you like like quests, <laughs> you know, yeah, like New Horizons right. is actually like, OK, for the people who have a hard time finding their own fun in games that are this open here are just like actual like daily and weekly quests that you can do and a big stamp book of like uh of of challenges that you should try and figure out the thing i miss the most from new horizons though while we're talking about all of them is i mean i think the best thing about new horizons is just the character customization overall i was gonna That's say that too yeah. sorely missed but even just the ability to to drop furniture outside was such a huge like even did you find of the- yourself trying to do it while playing this game i did it multiple times yeah yes yes like, I don't really miss the terraforming. Like, I, I never really wanted to mess too much with how my island started out. Like, it, it felt kind of evil in some ways. Yeah, um, I loved, you know, I, I love all the customization. But the, the thing I miss the most is just, like, I want to put a bench out here. And I can't, you know. Uh, it, it, that that addition was brilliant in New yeah. Horizons, yeah. I have to say. Totally agree. Uh, moving on to the next question. Humanity on Tumblr. Animal Crossing is one of the only games I'm aware of that changes depending on the season and time of day in the real world. It's always been the coolest thing to me, and it feels underutilized as a basis for game mechanics. Agreed. Do you feel like it's just a gimmick, or are there other cool ways games should be using changes in the real world to impact the gameplay? Are there other games that do this that I should check out? Also, have you ever cheated by changing the system clock on your console. Don't lie. <laughs> um, several questions there. Uh, I don't think it's a gimmick. Or at least in the games that I remember this being a factor in. I don't think are gimmicks. I think obviously in Animal Crossing it's like central to the conceit of the game. That it is that it is tied to our time. Mm-hmm. That there's that sort of one to one. The first thing that comes to mind in this regard is, is uh, Pokemon Crystal. And I'm kind of shocked that that's not just a given for every Pokemon game since that, this was like, going to be my answer too. Yeah. Having, having Pokemon be the time of day it is when you turn it on, especially on the game boy color, like the way mm. they communicate what time of day it is via the limited presentation of the time. Like, you know, if it's really early in the morning, there's sort of that orange hue to things. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's stunning. Beautiful. It's still so impressive. Yeah. Even with the limited presentation. And, uh, I think with Pokemon, especially like, it makes it feel so much more immersive because you're like, okay, it's like three, what Pokemon are around now? I honestly think that's partially why Pokemon Go was so popular because there was that like connection between time and place and like what, who was around. Mm. And that just makes like that aspect of Pokemon makes it feel so much more alive. Don't you think it would be so cool? I mean, there's like, a, you know, over a thousand Pokemon at this point or whatever. Like, don't you think it would be so cool to have a Pokemon game that, change depending on seasons and time of day and weather and you could divvy up those thousand pokemon based on all of that like it seems you're right it seems so obvious like it seems like that's that is the way that you fit every pokemon into one game is by making sure that they all have their time and place like literally literally you know yeah it also i mean it's it would i know there are events in a lot of the more recent pokemon games like i remember in sword and shield there'd be like oh like it's gonna be a Gigantamax Snorlax raid tonight or whatever. But like the idea of like there's this legendary deer that only comes out in the autumn. Like that right? <laughs> sounds so fucking cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
I, I wonder if the next RCS could do something like that. I would love that. I'm trying to think if there are other, but to answer your question, like I think I think it's a it is underutilized, and I don't think it's just a gimmick because I think it's a great way to immerse the player in a place in, in the setting. Yeah. The only other one that I can think of is Boktai. The sun is in your hands, <laughs> but like that might be a gimmick. I don't know. I didn't I didn't really play much of it. Um, are there any other ones that I'm missing? Not that, not that I can think of really. I mean, I, I, I think I, I share the same sentiment as humanity, uh, here that I, I just am surprised that there aren't more games that are tied into the system clock in this way. Yeah. Um, it just feels so obvious. I mean, e- even things like Grand Theft Auto or something, you know, like GTA online, you know, if you could see that city change throughout the year and yeah. that reflected, you know, your actual experience in, in, in time, or really any MMO, I feel like that. Yeah, any MMO, so cool. any open world game, like I think uh, FF14 or, or any Zelda game, I think could utilize this feature well. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be that. I mean, I imagine it's not easy to implement, but like a lot of games have like day and night changes that just happen independently in the game. Right. But there is something special when it is tied to our time. And that's not going to work for every game. But I think if it benefits the gameplay in the way that it clearly does with something like Pokemon... Uh, or Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, I think more games could could utilize that. I'm even just thinking, like, how cool would Yakuza be if it, if it changed <laughs> oh, with the seasons, you know? It just, I, I, I'm so amazed by it. I'm so amazed by it. I, I actually, like, it actually frustrates me that more games don't use this because it seems so cool. And I, I don't know, I've just been thinking about it ever since I got into Wild World. Also, uh, have you ever cheated by changing the system clock on your console? I did so much in Wild World when i was a kid <laughs> all the time in 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 uh wild world maybe this is also the case in the other ones but i wouldn't know because i only really did this in wild world but if you change your system clock too much in, in wild world and then ds you get um a really big smelly flower i forget what it's called i think it's called like an amaranth or something like that oh um yeah. it's like what's on the top of vile plume uh in, Got in it. pokemon uh and it shows up in your town you can't get rid of it like you, there's no <laughs> way to get rid of it it's just there and there's flies buzzing around it at all times that's so funny. Yeah. Is is Mr. Rossetti in New Leaf? I haven't seen him. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting question. Maybe maybe I won't answer it. Oh, wow. Okay. For those who don't know, in the original Animal Crossing, if you ever reset before saving, which you had to save manually, when you turn the game on again, it would like load up to where you were before. But Mr. Rossetti, this mole uh, would pop out of the ground and lecture you on like, why you can't cheat time and have to you have to like take responsibility for your actions it's honestly like a very it's like kind of played for laughs but it's like a pretty existential he's like a time cop basically yeah very much uh anyway yeah i i don't want to answer that question for you but i do want you to report back if you ever figure out the answer for yourself i will i will still got it on tumblr if you could create a villager which type of animal would they be and what would you name them i want a worm and a turtleneck uh his name would be Squirman or something like that and he'd be into mma mma i i wrote this one down specifically because i think they just nailed the answer like i yeah I right I, I, like truly i don't think i'm going to come up with a better answer than a worm and a turtleneck who loves mma thank you slash how dare you ask us this and then give the perfect answer yeah. <laughs> but all i'll add to that is i've always wanted there to be like bug villagers which i know is sort of a mickey pluto scenario given how many <laughs> bugs are caught and put in museums in the game uh-huh. but there's also octopuses or octopi yeah I should say and fish so yeah. i feel like having like a butterfly or a moth would be kind of fun yeah that would be really Crossing. cool i don't know what i would name them 
I, I don't have any Animal Crossing characters off the top of my head, but I honestly now also want Square Man. Yeah, right. Who's into MMA. Uh, Square Man the Jock, I guess. Oh, totally. Yeah. Wreck X on Tumblr. One of my favorite things about the older Animal Crossing games is that the villagers were just mean at the beginning and you have to earn their respect. You might have talked about this before. Does AC lose something by making everyone your biggest fan right from go? How would you like to see something similar implemented in future games? Yeah, I think I think villagers are simply too nice in New Horizons, <laughs> which yeah. is why I appreciate having Bardo or having like a weird villager because you need if everything is too perfect, it starts to feel scary. You need a chaos injection in your in your space. Yeah, totally. I I, I think that I think again going back to uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, I think New Leaf is sort of like a nice bridge between the two style of games because mm-hmm. I think in like Wild World and in the first Animal Crossing. And I imagine City Folk, but I haven't played it. So Wild World and in the original, the villagers were much more hostile because they were more of a gameplay element. You know, like getting on a villager's good side was one of the things you could do. Uh, And there really wasn't, other than that, all you could really do was like catch bugs, catch fish, and pay off debt and talk to people. Um, I think New Leaf, they're definitely nicer, but there's still some pretty deep, villager interactions and there's like interesting quests that you're kind of given in that game new horizons like it's not it's not like it's definitely i I sometimes struggle to see whether or not those games are fundamentally less interested in villager relationships or if we just played it to death and i've seen all possibilities Mm. i think it might be a mix but it definitely feels like like in new horizons when you meet multiple villagers who are of the same personality types they basically t- say the exact same things. Yeah. Whereas like if you have more than one jock in New Leaf, there might be some overlap, but they feel more like distinct characters, at least in my experience. Yeah. So going back to the question, though, I do think that having the villagers not necessarily be mean, but just like be living their own lives and whether or not like their relationship to you is up to your actions. I think that that is definitely what I prefer. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a kind of more subtle take on this also, which is, is just like, like you said, they don't need to be they don't need to be mean specifically. Um, but I, th- I think effort is a really interesting piece of Animal Crossing, right? Like that, like extended effort over time, just kind of the understanding that like the world is not going to give you what you want immediately. Uh a little boomery maybe a little bit of a boomer <laughs> take um but but i think like uh brewster is a great example in in new leaf of like someone who takes so much time to warm up to you you know like you you go up and you need to show him that you know how to drink coffee for like two weeks for him to even start yeah. to like say more than just like a couple words to you and that's when he gives you the ability to like walk around with to-go cups of coffee and then eventually also will get you to the point where he'll let you work there and i i think that's a perfect encapsulation of like how i want almost every relationship in the game to be i think new horizons was onto something with sometimes they let the villagers interact so you'll see them talking you can either just let that conversation play out or if you talk to one of them you'll hear the conversation they're having. And sometimes they'll leave that exchange with one of them like really sad or really angry at the other one. Mm. And I just kind of wish there was maybe more room to mess up in an interaction, like to actually have to sort of win someone's favor back or because the other thing about New Horizons is that there's a hidden tally of like, if you max out a character's friendship, they give you a framed picture of themselves. 
which has happened with a couple of my villagers on my island. It happened with Lily and Elvis. Mm. So I've and, and also the staff of the Happy Home designer. Yeah. But they gave that to you regardless. Which is cool and it's a nice little touch and it's a nice like way of acknowledging like who your favorite villagers are. But I almost wish that was more visible. Like I don't know if I want to go as far as having fire emblem supports with villagers, but I wouldn't <laughs> say no to that. Like, I wouldn't say no to to maybe having more visibility on like who you're close with in in a similar way to like Stardew Valley or whatever. Yeah, um, I think that I, could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I I do think you know New New Horizons obviously chose to add depth in like island customization and house customization, and it definitely came a little bit at the expense of of the characterization. Yeah, um, I think so. And I, I think you could you could branch off and do whatever the next Animal Crossing is as more of a focus on character interaction and see how that goes and see how people respond to that um, and then kind of make a decision based on that. But the thing is, once you've introduced all the stuff that we have in New Horizons, you kind of can't turn away from that, you know? Sure. Just kind of the, kind of the trouble. There, there might be a way to do a version of both. And honestly, New Leaf is a really nice mesh of the two. You know, you have just enough control over the town as mayor, but there's also like relationships that feel a little bit more earned than they do in, in new horizons yeah yeah uh like like the able twins right yeah i think i think i think that's another great example and that that has been part of those games since uh, i don't know about the first one i need are they even in the first one i, I honestly don't know i don't think they are because i think i think in the first one your only store is nook i'm pretty sure yeah it's like the museum is in the first one nook store and the train station. Yeah. And the post office. I haven't played the first one in a while. I, 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 don't, I don't remember, but... It, I think they were introduced in Wild World. Interesting. Well, regardless, I really like... I like talking to them. And I like getting to the point where they kind of open up to you and tell you about Absolutely. their history. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's one of my favorite parts of every Animal Crossing game. It's like, weirdly, anytime a new Animal Crossing game comes out, one of the first things I endeavor to do is become friends with the Able Sisters. Um, yeah. The yeah. development of them in New Horizons is is a better plot than most video games, honestly. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Luker Fuffle on Tumblr. What is your Eye of the Duck for your Animal Crossing New Leaf playthrough? Uh, so for those who don't know, Eye of the Duck, which is a quote from David Lynch, but also a movie podcast with our friends Dom Nero and Adam Volerich. Basically, an Eye of the Duck is like the scene in a film that encompasses the whole. And it's different for everybody. Um, there's no like definitive proof of what it is, but it's like, what is the moment that to you is microcosmic of the whole movie? And in this case, what is the moment of our Animal Crossing playthrough that is microcosmic of the whole thing? For me, I think it's easy. I think it was the sailing back to town with Cap'n. I think, you know, it, it was sort of one a bit on the nose of a song about sort of the flow of time mm. and like the joy that that can bring. Yeah. But it also was a return to a place after being away from a long time. Yeah. Uh, and simultaneously like an ending and a beginning. Mm. So that's my eye of the duck for, for my playthrough. I think mine is probably scanning the snake amiibo. Um, <laughs> having, and then having him show up without realizing yeah. it in my, in my, in my Island, uh, in my town. Um, Cause it just reiterates snake is a rabbit who is a ninja yeah kind of naruto vibes yeah his, his name is an anagram for the word sneak uh and <laughs> that's right he uh he showed up without any announcement um isabel didn't say hey we have a new villager <laughs> or anything he just was there <laughs> like he snuck in multiple days later um and i i love that i love that for him that's amazing uh cool that was a pretty quick discovery of the eye of the ducks <laughs> blueberry lemon on tumblr 
How integral do you feel multiplayer connectivity is to Animal Crossing as a concept? If you had to pick one, would you rather the next Animal Crossing game focus on a more satisfying single player experience or an improved multiplayer experience? This is a great question. Man, I mean, ideally, ideally, I think what I have enjoyed about the multiplayer part of it is being able to share it with other people, especially during you know, the, the depths of quarantine, like being able to visit someone else's place was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to lose that. I remember also like in the early days of New Leaf when we were writing for a video game website in 2013, there were almost like pseudo games designed by people where like they would construct their yeah. house to be kind of like a mini horror game almost. And the, the creativity there is so cool. So like I... I do value the multiplayer, but if I had to choose for me, I think the best thing that I've gained from Animal Crossing is the meditative solo experience. So if you made me choose, I would choose focus on the single player experience. But, you know, in an ideal world, I think any, but even then the reason I'm veering towards single player, even though I shared what I like about the multiplayer is like, I think by focusing on the single player the multiplayer aspect is sharing what I've created on my own. You know, like there's not really a lot of stuff to do together. So I think I would lean towards single player personally. Yeah, I, I it's a little. I think you're right in in saying it's a little bit of a catch twenty two, right? Because you you kind of ideally want both. It's really hard to say one or the other. Um, but for me, I think the thing that needs to to be the 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 highest priority is the single player because that's the thing that's going to survive the longest, right? Like the multiplayer element of any Animal Crossing game will only last as long as that game is like the relevant game that everyone is playing together, right? Like when New Horizons came out, we all played that together for at least three months. Yeah. Um, yeah, but here we are, you know, years after that game has come out and who's playing it online really that much anymore outside of like a real diehard fandom, but there are people still dipping into the single player all the time. And that's, that's the thing that needs to stand the test of time. That having been said, I think also there, there is a world in which a more multiplayer focused animal crossing is one that allows you to do more things together. As you were just saying, has more like mini games or whatever, you know, like being able to invite someone over to my house and like sit down and, and like, like watch something on the animal crossing TV together or whatever, like that, that kind of stuff would be really cool. Um, but you know, as much as we have now is really just like a text chat and you can go fishing and catch bugs together. Really? Um, yeah. Weirdly enough, new leaf has a lot of multiplayer stuff with the Tortimer Island. Like you could do that stuff online with people. Um, the, the like mini games and stuff on Tortimer's Island you can do together. Uh, and that stuff was really fun, but again, no one's really doing that anymore. So that's really kind of a moot point. So I think at the end of the day, it, it has to be a satisfying single player experience. And I think it, yeah. I, I would hope that whatever the next animal crossing is, is one that's built from the ground up with longevity in mind specifically. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think if, if there was a focus on multiplayer over single player, it would have to change what the game was about. I think, mm. uh, I think it would have to be more of like a Splatoon direction. In which case, I don't know what the central action is then. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I would love just Animal Crossing Splatoon. That that sounds fun to me, personally. One of the cool things that has happened in Animal Crossing games, and I think is still true in New Horizons, I, I, I haven't checked or tried myself, but if you have multiple users on the same console, you can have them all living in the same town. Um, they did that with Wild World, I remember that at least. But 
I would love to see that, but as an online component is to like, yeah. like what it like share a space. Yeah, yeah. If a bunch of friends could get together and have an Island or a town that they all shared. Um, I mean that, that would require like an always online connectivity kind of situation and, and a bunch of other issues that I think would, uh, prevent that from being like super easy. Uh, I, I think a great example of why and how that's so difficult is Stardew Valley's online multiplayer. Um, which is like notoriously pretty tough to get going. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think some version of like you have your Island or town that you're working on by yourself. And at any point you can hop online and go visit like another town that you share with your friends would be a really interesting conceit. Yeah. I, I think the thing is like, there's so much room for improvement too on the multiplayer. Like the, the time you had to wait for someone to show up on your Island yeah. was like so laughable. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, single player all the way. Yeah. Uh, and then this is the last question. Cameron on Twitter. Are there any mechanics from the older games you miss? And would you want to see them in future games? I really liked the constellation mechanic from Wild World, but it probably wouldn't work without a dedicated top screen. I mean, I think the big thing going back is is the sort of character interactions. That it's really like a mechanic necessarily, but I just think that's like sort of a gameplay feature that's not as present. Mm. Um, I can't think of any other direct mechanics, though. I also miss the constellation mechanic. <laughs> what was that exactly? Uh, you could go in, into the museum. Uh, Celeste runs an observatory. Oh, right. In the museum, and you could uh, draw constellations in the sky, and they would essentially get pinned in the sky. And because the the stars in the sky are changing throughout the time of like in real time, um, you would have to wait until the next year to see that constellation again. Uh, so you could over the course of a year, like actually draw a bunch of constellations throughout the sky that would that would then show up in the real world uh, as as you continue to play throughout the year, which is very cool. Oh, you know what I would want from the older games? The NES machines, which they'll Dude. never do. But in the first Animal Crossing, you yeah. could get like arcade machines that were just straight up NES games. Yeah, you could play, yeah. yeah, you could play Balloon Fighter or Ice Climbers in Animal Crossing. Yeah, it was amazing. It yeah. was so cool. I think I think with this question, I, I I was just curious for you if if there's anything that you're thinking about when it comes to a next Animal Crossing game. I know we just kind of touched on that a little bit in the last one with like single player versus multiplayer. But is there anything in particular that you're like, if they were to make another Animal Crossing, if they were to announce one tomorrow, like, do you have anything that you would want from it? Yeah, I, I honestly think that if Animal Crossing is is, you know, I, I think as much as we've talked about New Horizons being different in concept and execution in terms of it's much more of a customizable space there's crafting it it more closely resembles like modern town sim games i think if it's going down that but it still retains like the charm of animal crossing it's still a game you can revisit whenever yeah you know it still has all the things that we're praising new leaf about it is not as directly in focus i think honestly as long as animal crossing never loses that i don't mind them you know, if, if they want to like continue moving closer to like how town sims play, like I wouldn't mind there being like a they added farming as sort of like a visual thing in this game. Mm. But like I wouldn't mind there being like maybe more mechanics to the farming, to cooking, to crafting, like all that stuff worked for me in New Horizons. Add depth to these. Add depth to it. Kind of and that's kind of I think yeah. th that's sort of like I think they don't really need to add anything else. I think honestly, they probably can't. Uh, after terraforming you know <laughs> um but i want depth i want the villagers to feel more like characters who live there mm -hmm. uh and i want you know uh if, if if we are crafting and cooking i want 
maybe the the actions to feel maybe have a little bit less creative control, but give the things we do have control over more meaning. Mm. Uh, that that's what I would want to see in the next one. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think depth is really a good kind of avenue to go down, right? Because I, I one of my favorite things about New Horizons, I think, where they get the idea of villagers right is you can see them kind of doing things throughout the day. Yeah. Like in earlier games, they would be walking around with a fishing pole or a, a bug net or whatever. But in New Horizons, they would like actually be fishing or actually be looking for bugs. Or you could see them like bust out a, a watering can and water a flower or something. Uh, or, or sing or, or work or out. sing and yeah. sit on a bench and all that kind of stuff. Like I would just like to see that expanded upon because that, you know, for for all of the the grievances we have about about the actual like characterization of these villagers their addition to the space made the space feel more real which i think was, was really cool and and just adding more depth in that front would be really stellar but uh honestly like this is maybe a hot take and and this you know very like monkey's paw situation um but i would love to see animal crossing just like as a live service game for real like i would love to see it like not free to play i hope to god it's not free to play um yeah i mean may- maybe maybe i don't know i just i don't trust nintendo with a free-to-play game uh yeah personally. Me, me neither <laughs> um but i i would be interested in in animal crossing built from the ground up to be a thing that is updated kind of in perpetuity like an mmo kind of yeah thing. um yeah. You, you and i talked a little bit off the show earlier in the week i just kind of had like a weird thought um that I, I shared with you which is like i just feel like there's another animal crossing in the works right now i i have to imagine that what happened and I, I might be wrong and again this is nintendo and you can never guess what nintendo is doing but i have to imagine that new horizons was such a huge hit became you know one of the top selling games on the switch one of the best selling games in japan of all time um is is a huge runaway smash success uh and it's very weird that we just got like the one update and then they were like and this is the last like they said in the announcement this is the last one we're not going to do anything else for this game and what that says to me is something akin to team cherry with hollow knight or the 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 rumored naughty dog thing where they were adding multiplayer to the last of us where like the developer starts working on something and realizes it needs to be bigger than it is. So now you have Hollow Knight Silk Song instead of Silk Song as DLC. Now you have this Last of Us multiplayer thing coming out apparently this year, maybe, you know, in, instead of being DLC for Last of Us Part 2. Uh, and I, I wonder if the team that was making Animal Crossing started working on a bunch of stuff for New Horizons and realized like, well, we just we didn't build the foundation for a game that gets updated forever. And I think if you start from scratch with that in mind and say, like, this is a game that we do want people to come back to and play as long as this console continues to exist, just building that better foundation, I think, will 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 set up whatever the next Animal Crossing is for for even maybe not greater success, because I think it's going to be hard to match the circumstances that led to New Horizon success. But yeah, I, I think it'll lead to a better game hypothetically yeah i mean i think like i think animal crossing new horizons would have been a hit regardless but i think Mm -hmm. it may not have been like the best-selling game on switch hit if not for the circumstances around it right um i do wonder too like because i i honestly was really impressed at how they seamlessly like wove in happy home designer into the game yeah that was incredible that was a great and i'm wondering like you know was that plan from the beginning was that like were they kind of planning like we'll do New Horizons, and then then a couple years later we'll do Happy Home Designer, mm. and then maybe it was like we'll actually maybe throw that into the mix and we'll work on whatever the next one is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they had to have known that it was going to be a hit because it's it's such an ambitious game. 
New Horizons is so it's not like a not to discredit this, but it's not like Among Us where Among Us was like a fairly modest production that then became like the biggest game ever right. uh, a few years later. Like yeah. New Horizons was a first party Nintendo game for a beloved series that was like overly ambitious and, and dramatically different from the other games. Mm-hmm. Um so I imagine they thought it was going to like be, you know, they were hoping it would, they're always hoping it'd be well received, but I think you're right that now, like when, when, when a game like that sells more than Mario or Zelda that <laughs> right. ha- like even Nintendo has to listen to that, right. you know, it's yeah. like, if this is now an A-list franchise, maybe we have to think about its future. Mm-hmm. Cause I wonder too, I mean, not to keep talking about Fire Emblem Awakening, although I'm always down, um, <laughs> I do wonder because there's there's a part of New Horizons that kind of feels like a swan song almost, you know, like there is part of it that feels like, is this the last one, (laughs) you know, like, is this just sort of like what they let's do everything we can think of for Animal Crossing as we know it. But then was this huge hit? I mean, we'll find out. I I think um, I'm very excited for the future of the franchise. And I'm also very grateful that I have New Leaf as a reminder of like for the franchise we know right now. Mm hmm. I think on a personal level, New Leaf is my favorite execution of the idea. Yeah. Even though I also love New Horizons as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I, this is one of the things I think I, I, I said, and, and you also said, I think, in, in the first segment, but that was also a month ago at this point, so who knows? <laughs> Whoops. But yeah. um, I think I think New Horizons is the best Animal Crossing and New Leaf is my favorite. And, and this experience of playing throughout the month kind of like solidified that for me. Yeah. I, I think that's that's a similar sentiment for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds wow. like a natural stop, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, just want to thank you all so much for listening. This was a really fun project. I think we're always down to sort of experiment within the bonus structure. You know, I think like we definitely have found a nice rhythm, I think, in in terms of like the variety of games we cover. But whenever there's an opportunity to maybe like change our recording process to sort of match the energy of the game. I think we should take advantage of that. And this is, this is a really cool experiment, I think. Um, so I hope you enjoy listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd be curious. Um, I'd be curious to see what other games we could, we could do that kind of thing with. I, I wonder how or when. Yeah. Actually, I just had like four ideas as soon as I said that. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep them to myself and say, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Into the Aether, this very special bonus episode of Into the Aether. Another huge thanks to our friend Will for making the music for this episode. Yes. Huge contribution. I I cannot wait to hear it within the episode, but I've heard the songs and they are incredible. Yeah, when we so first mentioned that Will was doing music on this episode, we hadn't heard any of it. And now we've heard all of it and it's all great. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. And uh, thank you for listening. Into the cast that online, you know the drill. Take it one day at a time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Build me a pyramid! <laughs>